Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 8, the mid-season finale, how it's gotta be, and we got rid of that goon with the dreads, and tonight we have with us a very special co-host for tonight's episode, The Walking David. Welcome back, Walking David. Thanks for having me back, buddy. Oh, it's always good to have you back, and and all the kid, all the kids loved. I mean, ignore these sounds, ignore like anything you hear like this. Oh no, come on, no, uh, no, people, 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 be nice to David. No, it's great to have you, David. <laughs> those fucking kids. The fuck those kids, man. Fuck them in there. Fuck those kids. But the kids that are awesome and the ones that are watching us as well, we have to say a big welcome to the live mother fucking chat that's joining us tonight. We got DJ Bitter, Timo, Midnight Chat Attack with Nick Diaz over there, who was totally correct in predicting this a couple of weeks ago, what happened tonight. Negan had a bat wrapped in barbed wire. He could beat up Rick, but he deserved to be the leader of everything okay. We got Philip and David here tonight to talk about the mid-season finale. They hyped this episode up all week as the big surprise everyone will be talking about at the end of this episode episode and I gotta say it's true I am talking endlessly about the amazing use of face montages in this episode and this whole season as a whole the close-up face montage is what I'm going to be talking about the whole season no obviously we're talking about the fact that there was a walker in tonight's episode or that claimer Joe got the red machete no I think we're I think they're talking about Carl right oh wait wait I gotta get to David David it's it's on David this is our face montage, bud. Here we so, go. welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're really glad you're going to be here tonight. There's there's walkers out there. I, I want to die, Lots Daddy. walkers out there. Megan, I want to die. Can we eat spaghetti tonight? You suck ass, Rick. Oh, so, so, David, I haven't really got a chance to talk to you too often about this season. So what are kind of your, some of your general thoughts overall? But for, actually, no, I'll hold off on that. Let's talk about the big thing for tonight. Carl apparently getting bit, it, bit in last episode when we saw him holding off the walkers. I guess that's when he got bit, but we didn't actually see the moment. How did you think in this episode the reveal of that and all of that was done in this episode? Did you Were, were you excited? Was this the thing you're going to be talking about and thinking about? Was this a high enough high for you at the end of the midseason finale, David? Uh, no. I <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I honestly want you to say nothing else. No. <laughs> That's it. No. no. And just in general, how do you feel about the season? Because, I mean, you're called The Walking David. You love this show more than some and have an affinity for it. So how do you feel this season and this midseason finale? I will say this. I, I think this season has been way better than last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's not saying much. The only reason is because every time Egan's on screen, they don't make him say the same five sentences like one of those dolls you pull the string on. Like, just like, you were there at the head thing. You suck ass, Rick. You know, like, it just, it was the same shit every single season. But this season, they've given him a little bit more dialogue, a little bit more character development, which he, he needed last season we shouldn't have had to learn more about Negan an entire season later it's like when when does that fucking happen you know we learned about every single character we've ever been introduced to a lot of their backstory Abraham's backstory Eugene's backstory Rosita's Michonne's all of that leading up to them becoming a series regular on the show and Negan was the only person that we skipped an entire season before he figured out any of that shit 
Yeah, um, and, he, and he's supposed to be just sold on sort of his personality. I do want to say in the live motherfucking chat, if anyone wants to get their thoughts in here uh, for David and I about the, this midseason finale, if you agree with us, dis- disagree with us, whatever, we love to hear it. You can call in at 781-990-8509. You can also text in that number. You can also email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. But if you want to, definitely call in and leave a voicemail. We'd absolutely love to hear what you guys thought, especially people that really were engaged and loved this finale. Because I'm just, because I'm just curious about it. Because I didn't. It's not that I was underwhelmed with this finale. I was just a lot of it, a little bored at times, and there was a little bit of repetition going on with it. The Carl stuff was one thing, and the leading up to all of that, I just think they called their shot a little bit too much of it in the first three seconds of the episode you you knew something bad was going to happen to carl it's just hit the focus was on him the editing was focused on carl you're like oh he hasn't had a focused all season guess something bad's gonna happen to him and at the end of the episode a couple people were are asking in the live chat what happened does he want to leave the show i think it's very interesting that they didn't kill him they, they, they ended it on the, the pullout, that long extended pullout, uh, pan, uh, zoom out of Carl, like, of everyone figuring out or finding out that Carl was bit. But he didn't die. So he's probably going to be in most of the episodes in the back half of the season, too, I would think, or at least a few of them. He's not. <laughs> you think Carl's going to be. In the majority of next, of the next episodes. David, this whole season, this whole season has been an hour. This whole season has been an hour. The next season could just be, could just be Rick and Carl in a room talking for twelve episodes, dude. That's, Bill, it, it hasn't been an hour. It's been like the better part of an afternoon. Okay, really, so, okay I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm. There was like there was an evening where they devised a plan. They got you know they had a little D and D, some dinner. And they go, you know what? I think this is what we're going to do. And then the next the next day, midday or so, they start. So. And I'm not saying he's going to, they're going to keep him alive for a long period of time. But I think it's, I think it was an interesting or whatever choice that they didn't kill him in this episode. So he'll obviously at least be back for the premiere episode. And now that we're seeing a lot more playing with space time on The Walking Dead, where, where it's just shifts in time. And we're also skipping a lot of the good stuff at times in this episode. We, get, we see all of our characters. One of the biggest moments that I actually felt something in this episode was the car accident. I know car accidents are kind of a cliche in television. They come out of nowhere, and you can almost see them coming. I didn't see this car accident coming, and it, it stepped, and then suddenly... All three people from the car accident are in three different locations, and we just skip this block of time of how they survived that accident, what caused the accident. Maybe we'll flash back to this, and I'll and I'll sound like an idiot next season. But still, like I wanted to know that information. That was like part part one of the things I was slightly engaged with, and they just kind of yada yada. And you see, oh well, Carol's here, Jerry's here, and Rick's here. I, I don't know. I I didn't necessarily like that, and I don't like the the constant messing around with time that they're doing this season and trying to yeah. over-intellectualize it a little bit. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And kind of touching back on the, when you asked me earlier, like my overall thoughts of this season, uh, or this this first half of it. Hey, Don. Uh, Don I'll say this. The first few episodes, they kind of were giving me a little bit more hope that the show was picking up on a better pace. Like they were getting a, a better grasp of it, regardless if they're doing time jumps and stuff like that it was at least changing things up enough to where 
I was like, okay, well, this could actually be really interesting. We're getting to see a little bit more focus on Rick, a little bit more focus on Daryl. Uh, but interspliced with those good decisions and some decent act, acting on Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus's and Michonne's part, they would splice in just real shit dialogue between side characters and cutaways and dumbing down of the gore. I'm like, do you understand that in the season we saw a guy get his face bitten off and we just watched it happen in real time and we saw Tyrese's throat get ripped out and Rick Grimes, the main fucking character, throat bit a dude? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Claimer Joe, who we actually saw tonight, yeah. where, where we saw it tonight in the Red Machete thing. I agree with you. The show's lost its its balls in an episode where they hyped a big death and a big moment and all this sort of stuff. Or they didn't hype a big death. To be fair, it was right. The people that said this, they were absolutely right. It wasn't a death. It was a moment that they that they hyped. The people that they killed, the big moments that they had, even with someone like Jerry. Uh, Ezekiel's number one that a lot of people do like and he has like a group of people that watch the show that really like that character and think he's funny and think he's an interesting addition to the show and all of that they have him lined up down at a point in time in this episode where his life was in danger and someone was just going to get killed shocking so instead of killing him they kill the guy that had one line in the back of the car and they don't yeah, even really oh and they no, don't even really show it they just they kind of uh they make it like, at least from my visual, I'd have to rewatch the episode. I was like, oh, Jerry was that, died. Was that, the, was that the dude from, like, Home Improvement? Like, one of the ZZ Top guys? Like I think so. It was the guy in the backseat earlier in the episode that had the one funny line when he was yeah, like, he goes, damn right. you damn right. Or something like that. Damn yeah. right. I'm one of those walking dead randos. <laughs> get get her. Happen get, to be next to the main character when something bad goes down. <laughs> I have a line. I am guaranteed dead in fi- in twenty states. You know, it's it's dead on arrival, <laughs> yes. dude. Oh, it's great to see. Uh, uh, Dawn says, "Funny how we barely see Carl this season. As soon as we see him, he's a, yeah, he's fucking dead." And again, I I don't mean to compare it to this, but again, it's like something if you're watching like the TV show Survivor or some shit like that, and you don't see a character all season long, and then they suddenly start talking, and you're like, "That person's the person getting eliminated from the fucking show." Carl tonight, you knew him. You knew right from the moment this episode started with the choice of music. And again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time like last week attacking the music, but again, the music is great, but it just seems like it's being designed for a different show or it's too leading. The sad, melodic music all episode with Carl, again, double gutballed what the reveal was going to be at the end of the episode. One, it got gutballed last se- last episode at the end of the episode when saying it's a big reveal and then it, and the thing you're going to be talking about. Don't tell me what I'm going to be talking about. Fuck you. <laughs> Get your get your fucking head out of my ass, you motherfucker! Like, don't don't tell me what I'm going to be talking about or what I'm going to be hyped out. Let the fucking the proof is in the fucking pudding. Cliches are fucking dumbass cliches for a fucking reason. That was too funny. I was just imagining like The Walking Dead. Get your head out of my ass. Get your head. That's new new T-shirt. Someone email me that. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Get your head out of your ass with a picture of Joe. And and I'm not saying it. It just seems to me that, I don't know, they, they have these opportunities, they have these moments, they build up these tensions, it's not 
devoid of talent or effectiveness happening on the show. David mentioned it a few minutes ago, and Joe and I talked about this last week. The acting is consistently really good on this show. The characters understand who the fuck they are, and it's the writing works against them. It's almost funny. At the beginning of this episode, we're getting all the face shots and all the face shots of everyone, as we were showing earlier. Then it goes to Negan, who's smiling and looks at the camera like, you thought you were going to get a good episode, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah, okay. And that was one where they have those moments, like when Rick just goes like, do you ever shut up? Like, that stuff's great. I love it when he, they acknowledge that that character is full of shit. I think that's perfect. That was perfect. Um, It would be like if, like, somebody said to Enid, like, won't you just die already? Like, that would be amazing. (laughs) I would rate it the best season so far if someone just goes like Enid and like Enid and Tara are standing next to each other and they just go look at these two dumb cunts you know like I think that would be my favorite season just because of that I and I do have to say a couple things I did really like about this episode I liked Maggie in this episode she was a little bit back to old Maggie form for me yes I I like how I I just felt like she was just a little bit more centered in character uh, like a little bit less jumpy with some of her line deliveries and shit like that and I feel like Maggie was actually back a couple times this season I felt Maggie was back it and it was almost a little bit of about time but I'm glad she didn't hesitate and she just fucking killed that guy killed that guy that would and I love that Jesus just doesn't have anything to say. It's just it's just walk right the fuck past him. But the problem, the biggest problem with this episode that I have is the repetition of it. it again, it didn't need to be an hour and a half. I don't understand. And I, I, I know I fucking, this podcast doesn't need to be two hours. I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get it. I know, I know someone's thinking it. Shut the fuck up, Phil. Get to the point. But it seems like they, it seems like they could have cut out two or three bad guy Negan guy monologues if they were going to kill all the saviors at the end of this episode and like all the people we love we like from the saviors like Gavin or Simon or whatever like they were going to die I get giving them each individual bad guy scenes where they needed to be taken down one at a time as as funny bad guys but no they survived and we get like the same speech three times once from Negan once from Simon once from Gavin in three different locations and then and then with Ezekiel, it was he just sat on his ass with his finger up his bum. That's a lot of ass. He just sat there with his finger up his bum for two episodes so he'd be around at the perfect opportunity to go around and then sacrifice himself for everybody. It was just a, a little bit too too convenientosity going on in this episode, David. Yeah, and I don't like ham-fisted uh, plot ever like we're we're things that you're supposed to feel as the audience are being said out loud as if like it's coming to the character's thought because they're spoon feeding it directly to you that that drives me nuts like we should see carl's mentality of like you know you need more hope than this dad in his actions not in his words it just it, it hurt it, it doesn't hurt me it 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 sucks it hurts it me hurts. for it hurts me from like a love of television standpoint like it's not keeping me up at night but it hurts me from a love of television standpoint because it seems like there's a good episode in there. I know Joe somewhere is watching this, throwing shit at the computer screen or his phone, saying, no, there's nothing good. But there's something good in this episode. If it was edited tighter, had a little bit faster pace between lines. There were several moments in this episode where there were these type of things for an hour and a half episode that's supposed to be an exciting season finale where it'd be like, David, wait. I'm 
really angry. You know, moments like that where they have these like long pauses. Me. It's two. I I agree. I mean, I love Carl. Carl. And I'm really upset about Carl. <laughs> but no, there was so many moments. See, now we're gonna get trapped in that. But it's that pacing is going a lot with the dialogue or with the or with with the, and it kills scenes and it it just it's a brick wall there's not any of that when you have dialogue even if it's shitty dialogue there needs to be a back and forth there needs to be someone winning someone losing some stakes in that scene not just random words thrown at awkward intervals and and that's what's happening more times than not and not in a way that they're trying to simulate real life conversation they're pausing for intensity and momentary and things that they're trying to do and it's it's the Shatner technique and it's worse than the it's worse than the dialogue or the writing i think it's 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 just slowing everything down and it's making things difficult to like the scenes that should be kind of fun and like pop right through are just dragging. And, and I think that's my biggest problem so far or with this season with the walking dead in general. And I think part of the problem is it's trying. And I said this all season long and I'll continue to say this. It's, it doesn't know what kind of show it wants to be. It, it doesn't want to be a fun zombie kind of crap. They want to have some comedy mixed in there. And then, but now they want to be a deep show. They wanna they wanna be remembered as a as a great show, and they're putting all this like bells and whistles and and flowered up crap. It, it, it's it reminds me of a rock song with orchestration that doesn't need orchestration. Like oh uh, this is a fucking Chinese democracy again. It's Axl Rose fucking has too much control and he's gonna make a fucking ridiculous awful album because he has no one to tell him. He doesn't have Slash to go Axl that part fucking sucks. There's no one to tell them that that part fucking sucks to create like a good sh uh, like a complete whole show. Right now it's just suffering from I don't know bloated egotistical show creator syndrome. It it needs a lot more intensity. I mean frankly it's like it, the stakes are clearly high. On paper, if you're reading the script, you're going, oh shit, saviors get out. They fucking come to the doors. They're on the microphone. They're they're knocking on, you know, the ring and the dinner bell kind of thing. And they're they're blowing up Alexandria. Like on paper, this probably was the most epic script ever. And, you know, and it ends with, with Carl dying, you know, and all, all this stuff. And then it's like when they're actually acting in the show, the editing on top of just the lack of intensity, the lack of the music making you feel it at the right moments and the, you know, the ratcheting up yeah. of emotion, it's not there. There's it's just like, something, there's a missing, there. there's a missing element for me and for a lot of people, not for everybody. And again, as I always say this, if you love this episode, if you think I or Joe or David or any of the people, uh, Nick or Tony or any of the folks that we've had on this season are incorrect about what our thoughts of The Walking Dead, please let us know in the comment section or call in right now at 781 990-8509 and leave us a voicemail to let us know why you loved this episode. So about time with knee, about time with Maggie, uh, slow start with speech locations, sp a lot of speech protecting, uh, calling the shot with Carl, good, bad pacing, but some interesting stuff in this episode. So 
So let's let's not waste any more time, David. We'll, let's let's get into this. Let's let's actually talk about this fucking episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. No oh, way. Recap. It's a motherfucker recap. 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 Motherfucker, motherfucker, recap. You poke a guy in the bat, stick him in the balls. Oh yeah, Negan is gonna kill them all. Motherfucker, motherfucker, eating some spaghetti with Negan. Ah, suck the spaghetti juice. Okay. <laughs> Suck the spaghetti juice. I lost it on the spaghetti juice. Suck some spaghetti juice, baby. Let's do it. That's my ringtone. But again, and this might seem strange, and again, I hear Joe's voice in my head going, shut the fuck up, Phil, somewhere. But I think Negan was, again, one of the highlights of this episode. In general, I think Negan's been one of the highlights of the season, partly because of what David was saying, that I don't think they're writing him exactly the same way in every single episode. They're showing a couple of different sides, or at least even if you would argue, as Joe would, that he's the same thing every time, they're not using him as much. So when he does show up, his the joy of which that he's playing this character with, even if I don't like it, is hard to refute. It's just one of those things that kind of comes through the screen, through at least in the the malaise of the bullshit of the mute of the music and the scene of nothing happened. Negan coming out there whistling, beeping his horn, talking shit. I I kind of liked him in this episode, and I thought he added a lot. And I do want to mention one thing that's been in the news today: uh, that Jeffrey D. Morgan apparently, then nothing's confirmed, may be the next Batman. What? He might be replacing Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't know if anything of that is confirmed, but I saw that passing my eye at some point. So, uh, so everyone, I don't want to. We'll talk about that at a later point. I think I've broken David a little bit here. But cut, cut to a clip of him going, "Lucille is a vampire bat." <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Batman with a, with a baseball bat. That's he's just going to be leaning over there. Here's the problem. Once again, uh, if you're going to be Batman, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, gain 40 pounds of muscle. You look like a skeleton. Uh, a leather jacket is supposed to make you look intimidating, yeah. not make you look like and, you're an Abercrombie and Fitch model. And that would help with Negan, too. Uh, but, yes, but, 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 please but, 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 please, Batman, so you bulk the fuck up, you jackass. But again, none of that is corroborated. I saw that in passing with, I, I, I think I headlined read that, of like scrolling through some bullshit. I think I saw a post someone posted. So I don't know if any of that's fact or it's just rumor, so please don't. When it, it was if, me. I did it. Yeah, Phil, Phil, Twitter. Phil said it. It's confirmed. Confirmed, confirmed. Jeffrey Morgan's thing confirmed. It's all, it's already on AMC. What Phil just said. It did. It's true. It's already on AMC. I I, I, I confirmed it. Let's go into the live chat for a second here. Cadigan says hello, t- hello Cadigan, hello Timo, Casey, atheist, uh, K. Rich, Centovia Sintav- Major, Gen- uh, generic perfection. Great to see everyone. Chantel Hayes. Awesome to see so many folks in the live motherfucking chat right now. And thank you to everyone that's joined us. Let's get into talking about this episode. So we open up on Rick, who's saying North, West, South, report, report, report. We go over to Carl and Rick. Some sort of time jump. It's a time jump or something. I Honestly, this is one of those things that is completely unnecessary. I don't understand why they did this. Why couldn't we have just jumped right into the action? Instead, they intercut... This scene of Rick and Carl in the past somewhere 
Is that what was going on there? Like, did, did you? It ca- was the same episode where Carl first saw Sadiq. Okay, so it was a few episodes ago, uh, a scene that we didn't see of them walking out to that location or walking back. Or something. Yeah, where he fired the gun over the dude's head because they're trying to remember, remind you. It's like, hey, remember where Carl Carl just figured out that he's also Muslim? Uh, you know, that's what they're trying to remind you of. So. And th- some other time, we get a time jump or something. There's talking about hope. Carl, uh, we all know at this point in time in the episode, Carl is going to be dead soon. It's just, it literally is dead man walking on the, uh, on, on the walking dead here. <laughs> dead man, dead man walking dead here. It's Carl. not enough. If you give a shit, Carl. Carl. If you care, yeah, you do something. You don't just hope. It takes more than that. That's what I meant. Okay, I, I can't even listen to that anymore. So, so th- they intercut. It's more than that, Dad. I'm trying to sound like I'm getting jaded, but so vocal cords haven't come in. <laughs> so I have a question about this. Yeah, who's having this flashback right now, or is this the 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 no walking? Having it, it's just happening. It's just happening, isn't it's it? Usually, happening. most who the f- fuck would have this? No one else is around. <laughs> isn't it usually most effective <laughs> when a flashback or something like this is used as a device that a character is having to learn or see something and a sh- to to expand on a moment? So, what I thought they were eventually going to do, David, is I thought they were going to come back to car to this vision thing one more time and then go into Carl and have the reveal that Carl was bit. But instead, they just do this at the beginning and then they ultimately ditch it. Like, if you're going to do something like this, at least complete the fucking thought and have it come back in that this was a moment in Carl's mind or in Rick's mind as he sees that his son is dying. Something like that to complete the thought. Instead, and maybe it happened and I missed it, but to me, it just seemed like a big fucking matzo ball hanging out there with my dick in it. It was like my dick was in a matzo ball, David. There was nothing going on there. Hashtag dits in a matzo ball. Um, yeah, that's the hashtag for the episode. Hashtag dick in a matzo ball. It's already on AMC. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hardwick's talking. Already Chris Hardwick's right crying now. about it right now. He's crying. Oh my god, his dick was in. A, I can't stand this show. His dick while, was. While he phones in another Talking Dead episode. Mm. Uh, just, Poor guy. <laughs> can, can they just have him stop? Can he just cut it out? Because he's like the Carl of the Talking Dead shit. Like. <laughs> Or actually, no, you know, he's more of a Rosita of the Talking Dead. You're just kind of like, yeah, he's definitely able to be on it, but he probably shouldn't. Um, So it's I don't want to talk too much about that. It's just I feel bad. I don't feel bad, but it must be a difficult position where you can't say when you don't like something where you have to always pretend 100 percent that you think something's awesome. That would just be, be a sucky kind of feeling. Yeah, but it's also I feel like, you know. For a show like this that can be so divisive, I would love it if a sh- if a host just goes, "I don't agree with this shit at all." Like they kind of really did that it. in the like the first couple of seasons of The Talking Dead. I remember Dave Navarro being on one week or something and saying, "I thought that was kind of stupid," and and strangely he stopped being not that I'm a huge Dave Navarro fan, but strangely he stopped being invited on as a guest. I remember a couple of times they've had guests that kind of will say, well, "I don't know about this," and and then they just don't show up as guests anymore. It's it's a it's a it's a weird sort of thing. I don't know. It's 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 a weird fan base. I'll say this: like the Walking Dead family, as they would call themselves, it's it, they have some the the diehard fans will not even listen to you know decent criticism that's based in some 
realistic, you know, uh, like you have a reason for thinking the way you think about it. Like, oh, I disagree with this because they didn't set it up very well. But they're like, no, every episode of The Walking Dead is absolutely perfect. And if you don't like <laughs> it, you can suck our dicks. It's like, well, that that's just not possible. Even Game of Thrones has filler episodes or boring episodes by comparison to other better episodes. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not as good as it could be. In Hannibal, I totally agree with you. He fucking sucks. I fucking, uh, I, that's why I like porno better than uh, Jane's. Anyways, so, uh, or at least that first album. Anyway, so let's continue. So they're talking about Hope and Carl is dead. But we, we cut to the trash folk and Rick is... So, and, I'm glad Joe isn't here because this might might have broken Joe. So we cut to the trash folk and Rick's circling and looking at the walkers that are left. And she says, looks different than the picture. Then they suddenly under gunfire and Rick kind of like hides and takes cover. And then we see Rick see, uh, or then we cut to Carl uh, or with Carol and the dude from the kingdom, Jerry, I forget his name, or uh, Jerry. And then Rick figures it all out what happens. And the trash people just take off. They they didn't stick around to fight with Rick. They just they just peace out. They're like once once shit gets hairy, they're like bye. And so he wasted all that time. We wasted a whole fucking episode, two episodes of him being naked, getting pictures taken with the trash folk, and they didn't even pan out to do anything again. They backstabbed him again. Great fucking plan, Rick. I I'm sorry, but whoever is convincing them to keep the scavengers as you know, the trash people on there, that is a horrible decision. It is terrible. I mean, literally on the face of it, it's bad writing because they're talking like retards, all right? Like, everybody's going, hey, Tommy, I'll show Rick up, 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 up. Who the fuck talks like that? Cut that out. Yeah, uh, dude, it's so true. And DJ, yep, I forgot about that. The trash ran away. So what was the fucking point? Uh, D says, I thought the length was more about commercials than story content. They need the money for the lawsuits and the executives. We got Penny fucking Lane. Penny Lane. Great to see you. Cool. Do you guys think Carl might live through this somehow? I think he's going to hang on longer than we would imagine him to hang on for. <laughs> I was saying that earlier. They're, they're, they, they are so... They are so not fast to get rid of any character that wants to stay on. So I wouldn't be surprised if this second half of season eight is, is a day and we see the fuck off, dude, (laughs) if that's true, I hope you're so wrong. Like you might be right, but fuck, I hope you're wrong. Dude, every season now, but the matter since Tyrese's died probably has been like three weeks. (laughs) <laughs> whatever that when Glenn died, Glenn died a week ago, dude. Do you see how pregnant Maggie looks? Do you see how pregnant Maggie looks? She's 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 not pregnant. It's okay, guys. Carl went under a dumpster. Carl is fine. He used dumpster. He went under the sewer. He, yeah, he he used this. David, you're onto something. Dumpster, what you know? Dumpster sewer, you know, both dumpster, have sewage. Sewer, trash people. Trash people. He took a. Show Rick up, 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 up. He took a salve of sometimes. He went to Miracle Max. <laughs> that Miracle Max makes a salve that rubs it on, and it's actually going to cure the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, he used some uh, bacitracin. Bacitracin works. Cortisone ten. It absolutely works, David. You know, I'm surprised they don't ever show that. Like, they don't ever show people, like, rubbing, like, steroid cream on, like, little cuts and stuff. Like, just little shit like that in the background. Like, you know, like that uh, the Muslim lady with a hijab on. Just have her be like, oh, I got a little... People are saying uh, JDM is too freaking old to play Batman. I think the... 
I think the point would be that he'd be playing old man Batman. Someone else said something. And again, none of that is confirmed. We've just read that. I will do a separate cast on that specific subject if that ends up happening. Uh, we'll, a Negan is Batman video at some point in the future. And we'll flesh that shit out. And I'll tell you guys my my thoughts on that. Anyway, so... Carl, we get Carl another flashback. He has gas and he's walking and talking about fighting for all of us, not everybody or something and kill people or something else. Rick asks about strawberries with Negan or what do you want me to do? David, could you, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Pick strawberries with Negan? It was a good line. Uh, what do you want me to go pick strawberries with Negan? <laughs> Thank you, David, for being a, t- being a talking monkey for me. <laughs> so fi- find another way. Uh, what do you want me to give Negan a massage? <laughs> I have to go on a date with me. <laughs> but daddy, uh, daddy, he made me pasta. I think you should try. You have to try. I would love try. it if like next season it cut to like Carl, like everyone's saying is like immune or something like that. And then like Rick comes out and Negan comes out and they're both shirtless and like Negan's buckling up his pants and he goes, Carl, oh. <laughs> like, like he did with Michonne, you know, <laughs> he was, oh, Carl, no, no. It's not how I meant to tell you to sort of have it. I'm sorry, Daddy. <laughs> Said it's he... okay, kid. I'm starting to like it. <laughs> so Carl has some fucking stupid flashbacks about strawberries with Negan. We're going to find another way. We get hopeful music for a second as Rick is seen being uh, pissed off. And we see Carl's face sweating. And then we see Carol's face. And again, with the fucking faces. What the fuck? Then we see Ezekiel. We see Maggie. We see... We see uh, Negan, and he turns to the camera, breaks the breaks the fourth wall, and uh, goes, "Listen, motherfuckers, take five. He goes, "All oh, you motherfuckers, fuck you, bitch." Negan's like, "I should have had this queued up." Negan goes, "Fuck you, bitch." <laughs> Negan smiles at the camera and says, "Fuck <laughs> all that, just for the fuck you, bitch." Thank you, Hannibal. <laughs> Thank you, Hannibal. And it's just was that Randy Newman. <laughs> that was uh, that was Hannibal in the live of the fucking oh, chat. That was Hannibal. That was Hannibal in the live of the fucking chat right there. So yeah, sorry, sorry. I needed to uh, I needed to go a long way for that joke. That that was that was a little bit of a Mighty Mouse uh, Kaufman Mighty Mouse going on right there. So. <laughs> so anyway, so we can see hopeful music. We see all the fucking close-ups and all that sort of shit. And uh, the walking mat. We have the walking mat in the live chat. They should have shown the scene. Uh, well, Rick tells Carl's mom's going to die. I'm going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> should have played that before Carl's dies. We got Carl's been shot twice. There, that, uh, that, not, that, that fucking scratch ain't worth shit. D says they keep calling Carl alive long enough for Enid to give him seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> and Carl is also going to college. Thought the showrunners claimed he was purely story. Uh, perhaps, perhaps he's pulling a Joffrey and deciding that he wants to quit acting and go to, uh, go. Are those for me? Hey, Timo. Hey, Ren, Renwood. Lots of love. So then we see a car rolling down the street with Enid and Aaron. As much as I love Aaron, this was, I mean, we really needed this scene with Enid and I, and I love how Enid's trying to like prove that her shit's as important as Aaron. Aaron's like, yeah. You know, I just, I lost my husband. Shit's really bad. And she's like, yeah, totally. Me too. I can totally relate to that. After coming all this way? Sorry. That's what I'm talking about, about those pregnant pauses. Listen to how long it is in between the words of dialogue there. What? 
Eric and I used to take trips like this. This scene was just was just torture for me. This was the worst scene in the entire episode. And I love fucking Aaron. And I honestly am lukewarm about Enid, but this was just so long and so and so fucking dragging. And they're going to Oceanside because they need these people. They have to have these people. Suddenly, this is the plan. Like, I, I don't get it. And they didn't take guns because guns are an issue, but they're firing bullets off everywhere. But gu- but bullets are an issue. Why are you bringing the Oceanside and the trash people back into this? We have too many characters as is that you're ignoring. You want to bring more storylines back into it? What the flying fuck? Yeah, also, they go... You know, she's like looking down at her, you know, script just out of frame. Kind dude, of she's like, so you bad. Know, we just, she's, she's fucking terrible, dude. Like, she's really, the, and, I, and truly a bad actress. And I, I know you're not supposed, as an actor, I'm not supposed to say that, but Jesus Christ, like that's. She's a decent uh, actress for a singer because she's really a singer and, and she's a really good singer too. Phil, I've got to tell you, no, she's not. Uh, <laughs> she's, she, she really isn't. Um, you know, she makes Rihanna and Battleship look like an Oscar-worthy performance. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love the take, man. I love it. That, anyways, uh, <laughs> skipping over her shit. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, should take guns, and then Aaron's like, we need those guns. And then uh, what do they do? They take the fucking guns and they shoot. She shoots her <laughs> in the most anticlimactic grandma <laughs> like kind of uh, no joke i laughed when she said grandma grandma I just was like fuck you grandma like, dies grandma got ran over by a fucking enid it's no, just she'll she'll be grazed and then she'll have a speech to the trash people like i'd still be mad if you shot me it's just a flesh wound david it's just a flesh wound yeah you're gonna be dead any minute now uh True. by the way um this the shit with Aaron. I love the uh, Ross Marquand. Uh, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a great actor. However, I think this shit with Eric has been completely rushed through. He's already into the acceptance stage of his grief. It's been he's a day. Not, it's been a day. Not even. I don't even think it has been a day. It, he hasn't even taken a nap. And so. He hopped in a car with one side covered in metal and he went off with the most annoying girl in the world. And he's just going like this. I remember back in 1942, Eric and I used to have days like this. It's like you had days like this two days ago. Remember, remember two two days ago. Remember two days ago when it was good. Yeah, no joke. It's like. Remember last night? Of course I fucking do. <laughs> so there's just so much gaps of silence. It goes on forever. Uh, Aaron is a good, he's a good actor, but he can't fight the Enid battle of horrible acting in this scene. It's, it, this was just, it, this was a really bad scene. So she wants to stop. He asks why they stop JSS, checks up, they got to get out so they, they can go and they, and they show up and, and they show up and get some drinks. So they pick up a, they, 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 Aaron gets out of the car. Oh yeah. There's this whole thing about Enid wanting to drive too, and that she's a better driver than Carl. Yeah, okay. Fuck off. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we stop. Get the fuck out. Come on. That's not even like, who wrote that in there? At least they're better than Carl. He doesn't even get the joke. He wasn't there, you dumb bitch. Oh my fucking God. He hasn't <laughs> seen Carl drive. Carl hasn't seen Carl drive. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> they decide they can't show up to the party without a bottle of wine. So they pick up a big, big truck of booze and they, uh, they go on. We don't see that till later. So then we're back in at Alexandria with Michonne and Judith who are, who we see Judith for the first time. And I had to go to Stephanie. Is that Judith? I guess. I, I, yeah, it's Judith. She looks just like, and she's wearing a Punisher t-shirt. That's how I knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's hanging out by the wall. She's rubbing her head. Yeah, she's she's going to ask you something, Dad. (laughs) That should be the next meme. Start fill the issues guy audience. Start making mask you something, Dad. She's walking through like with her head kicked sideways and shit. Going, Dad. I could really use a bottle right now. Eric White Great to see so many people in the live chat Enid Beth 2.0 But he should have turned by now There's also this thing about uh, about The the, the switching of eyes I, I, I'm missing part of it in the live chat But there there's, there's something I guess about the About Judith's eye color changing Or something like that but I, oh, Get out of here like that's the biggest problem. Yeah. And Richie, we all we all miss the crow. Katie will definitely be flying back in, at least back for Game of Thrones season. We talked about it before. Katie, unfortunately, is working a lot more and studying, so she's not able to join us on the podcast as much. But she will definitely be back for Game of Thrones season and a couple of other shows along the way. So lots of love to Katie and to Joe, who's stuck at work. Lucky enough to not talk. Love you, Joe. Love you, Katie. We love you both. So uh, Daryl and Michonne talk and Daryl is like, well, the plan worked. And she's like, I'm sorry I couldn't do it. I'm sorry I couldn't come. I'm sorry chicken down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I don't care. It worked. <laughs> uh, and that's that's it about that one. So I, sorry, just really fast. Yep, no, please. I think they should have made him like Daryl. He should have been a lot more manic about that, like needing to reassure himself way more because they clearly were going for that. But he should have played it more like, yeah. It worked. I mean, it worked. It really worked. It worked. It worked. Like, like, he's, like he's going fucking nuts. Like he's about to just like become unraveled if somebody tells him, you know, it really didn't work all that great. And then he's going to go like, nah, fuck. Like, you know, like, it's just like go off the reservation. You know what I mean? No, partially because, no, that's a good point, David. Partially because he's not used to being a leader at all and like, and have a plan and make people follow through with it. He's done it in like on small missions and stuff, but for the most part, he's always worked with a leader with a second that was more boisterous about being in control, whether it be Merle or Rick. Both of them are sort of in charge kind of guys, and it's a dictatorship or you're doing things Merle's way. So Daryl kind of is always a come with kind of guy, and this is the first time, one of the first times he's just said, fuck Rick, I'm going off on my own to do something. So it could have been it could have been a good a good moment for his character to show him get a little crazy with, it. but instead he's get he seems to be like well adjusted about it, like oh, yeah, yeah, I fucked. Did, did I do that? Yeah, I did that. I feel bad. You know. <laughs> did I do that? He's doing the Urkel uh, thing. Did I do that? Um, so we go over to Carl in his room writing in his diary, and I guess it was this was where the flashback was. And maybe this was the scene, waiting and reading, waiting, writing dead letters to his father. What, what's going on in this scene? Was he writing, uh, I'm going to die letters to his dad? Did Car- oh, because he, oh, because I know now, because later in the episode is the reveal that he had already got bitten at this point. So he's writing his goodbye letters in this moment. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's a. Yeah, it checks. Good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. Ch- checks out. Checks out. Good reveal at the end, guys. Good job. Yeah, but also, you know. 
put that at the very end of the episode too, instead of just going like, how far down the sewer pipe can this dolly go? <laughs> oh, we're going to go down the sewer pipes later. We're, go- we're going down to subterranean Ninja Turtle layer just going on here. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to see Corey Feldman's Donatello coming out here in a, in a moment. So, oh so Carl looks oh so sad, oh so sad, sweating. And uh, he has a JSS letter for Enid as well. So we go over to Rosita and Tara. Rosita gives her the what the fuck look and Tara's like, well, it worked. So, okay. Rosita says, well, it worked. And I cannot understand for the fucking fuck of me, Rosita's character motivation this season. Sometimes she is. Oh, she doesn't have any. She's all over the fucking place. There's no consistency to her character at fucking all, David. And again, I don't want to use this as. Because I I act to it and I know that's the thing you don't but like maybe it's direction maybe it's something because I think the actor is competent I just her character has no fucking consistency of anything nope. this season this this is a classic case of they wrote an episode right and Rosita wasn't in it but then Rosita's agent steps in <laughs> going hey listen. You know, she needs to keep her SAG card because after this, she's not going to be working for a long time. And and she has a baby and all that stuff. So can you can you give her some maternity leave money uh, by just giving her like four lines in this episode? It doesn't really matter what they are. Uh, but if she could just say like something like here's a box, that would be great. And then, David, we get this stupid scene. And oh, I got to say good night to DJ, even though she loved this episode. Love you guys. Love you, DJ. Thank you so much for all the support this half of the season and joining us every week. Lots of love to you and have an amazing evening. So we get this weird sort of uh, Timo, Timo in the live motherfucking chat with a super chat donation saying uh, this recap is reminding me of how bad this episode actually was. Now I need a drink. Thanks, Phil and David. So I'm going to spin the fucking yeah, we'll, wheel. Let's have a shot of wine. Let's take a spin of the wheel for Timo for this. Thank you for the super chat donation. She gets two spins of the wheel. And we really do appreciate everyone that gives us support on I the need, super chat. I need the Google juice. Oh. I need that Google juice. Does that really, it says 10 push-ups, so I need to do 10 push-ups at some point, so hold me off on that one, and let's give one more spin for Timo. So then we get this comedy scene nope. between, <laughs> between <laughs> Rosita and Tara that's comedy. <laughs> where, where Rosita is the joke that Rosita was... Like, what was the joke here? She just keeps piling on shit on Tara, so she has to carry stuff. And it's, it's, Tara's carrying everything and has her, you know, all the stuff. And it's, it's funny. Wasn't it funny, David? Oh, yeah. Uh, she's just like, how about that heavy box? Um, you know what? I, <laughs> that's, that's up there with Carl in that line. Um, Timo says change it to 10, 10 shots And Timo your second one was review really, Con- Yeah what does that say Does that it's, say review Conway cash or we come What it, does that t- say Tim Conway I, I, I come with Tim Conway from Cheers I mean from Taxi <laughs> uh, No, uh, In Babylon 5 uh, Timo that one landed on review commentary Cast of your choice so please message oh. Me privately anything you Want me to review and yes it can be Black sales anything you want me to review uh, Let me know and send me a Private message and I will change your sit-ups i mean your push-ups to to finish my drink instead because i know you always long for the drink rather than uh silly push-ups 
So, yeah, I see something about come. Wait, Bab- yeah, Babylon 5 coming? What's going on? So, David, again, this scene was played for fucking comedy, and I, I wasn't laughing. Uh, no, I don't believe you should be laughing in a show where every other episode someone's like, my my boyfriend's dead. You know, like, I don't, I don't think that sh- it should be like, <laughs> remember that joke about the guns? And, uh, and yeah, I'm sorry. This is what I mean when I say that this show doesn't know what kind of show it wants to be. Yeah. Uh, and clip, you know, you're right. Chalk boy, Dick Van Dyke. Um, I don't know what that comment was in relation to, but <laughs> just feel like saying it. Um, another thing, did Rosita forget that she was shot? Maybe that was the joke. That's why she couldn't carry anything. But th- it seemed like after every pileup, we wanted to get one of these. Oh no, not that! Not, not that. That, that. That was that was that was the wrong thing. I wanted to hit a drum a drum beat or one of these or something. <laughs> like we needed the sitcom laughter or the or the drum fill, or some shit like that. Now, you know what would have made that fast? Or, sorry, not fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know make that fast? You know what I make that fast? You know what Yeah, let's get that done, David. Let's get that shit done. You're good. Uh, but you know what would have made that funny is if some character in the background uh, just, like, looked at Tara and said, you're retarded. Like, after she got all the boxes, like, and told, said, like, how about that heavy one? Like, Daryl just goes, yeah, you're retarded. <laughs> I would have laughed my ass off because I love it when characters acknowledge another character for being stupid or for doing something dumb or calling them out on their shit that like Abraham calling Eugene out, punching the fuck out of his face and knocking him out. I thought that was an amazing moment, but I'm not a scientist, you know, like, Oh, chalk. There needs, oh. there needs to be more of those. Yeah. And sorry, sorry, David chalk boy. Yes. Uh, Jeff Conway was amazing. He was the, the best acne of his life was on celebrity rehab. It was crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways. He, he acted like he was getting better. Yeah, the, no, no, no. He was, like, stuck in a wheelchair and screaming and, like, cursing and, like, abusing everybody. It was pretty fucking, like, beating the shit out of Dr. Drew. It was pretty hilarious. So, <laughs> so they head towards Oceanside, and they get, Ina gets out of the car. David kind of already talked about this. We get out of the car, and Aaron's bringing in uh, a distiller, distillery booze truck bringing in wine and booze. Aaron is on the, is in the dark waiting to hear something. It's, it's almost tense in this moment as Aaron comes out and then Enid's there who takes me out of the moment and gets blocked by a tree and some weird shit happens. And then suddenly Enid's coming around a corner and shoots grandma. And as David mentioned earlier, we get the wonderful line, you shot grandma. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> And then the music kicks in and we hear this. <laughs> oh yeah, you shot grandma. Grandma got run over by Enid. She Yeah, it was it was totally. I don't wanna, I don't want to go too far with that. Less is more with that song. But it's <laughs> You killed Granny. <laughs> you bastards. You killed you bastards. I expected uh, Stan and Kyle to show up and go, you bastards. 
You killed Granny, you bastard. You killed my step-grandma. You, you fucking addicted to love. Yeah, Robert Palmer's addicted to love, Negan girls. Love how gas is infinite for all these big trucks during the apocalypse. Almost to the point where we have a moment in this episode later where Ezekiel just comes upon a giant gas bin that he's just spilling everywhere and burning it up and shit. Curious and Unusual Deaths on Netflix is a good series. I watched the awesome Hannibal. I'm actually looking for some new Netflix stuff, so I appreciate that. And uh, Grandma got laid out by a 12 Grandma got laid out by a 12 So we go over to Carl and Michonne Who have a scene of talking about Being important So let's listen to that I've been looking for you About ready to head out What are you doing? TMO for you I'm helping someone Traveler In the sewer They are polite, you guys, clearly. You might be wondering how I got a microphone in the fucking apocalypse. <laughs> but I come. So we go. With, so What's the deal with airplanes. <laughs> What's the deal with airplane food? It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't get it. It's gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> They're always out of the good food when they get to you. What's, do you have that problem? Why do they call them apartments when they're all close together? I don't know. So we go over to... Uh, <laughs> so Negan shows up, and it's time for Hickory Dickory Dock. Negan sucks your cock. <laughs> you may be wondering why the hell your lookout didn't sound the alarm. See, we are polite. I mean, I don't know when they're going to wake up from that kind of shot, but they should wake up. So let's just cut through the couch, yeah? And then all the characters scatter because some plot has come to them, and they're like, oh, shit, we got to do stuff. Fuck, what are we going to do now? Oh, fuck, we got to do stuff. Ah, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And they run around. Uh... We have uh, three minutes till we start bombing you because the saviors have a bunch of grenade bomb type stuff. Excuse me. Carl heads towards the sewers and calls Michonne, Michonne to come with them. So then we get Rick and Carol. Excuse me. <laughs> Timo, your super chat donation is making me feel, whoa. So uh, going right to my head. So you may get drunk silliness in a moment here. So we go to Rick and Carol and Jerry in the car. And we get a car crash of some kind. I talked about this earlier, how I thought they built up the tension in this moment really well, and then they didn't really pay it off. I think car accidents are an easy thing to go to in television series. The Sopranos alone did it like four or five times where they have Tony get into car accidents or something like that. They can come out of nowhere and really shock you on a television show where in a way that something else can't, which is a quick bam and it's done. And I thought they actually did really really good i was not expecting this to happen in this moment and no it wasn't a walker it wasn't a scary moment it wasn't a death but this was the moment that got me out of my seat for a moment where where i was sitting there watching going "Hmm? whoa like so congratulations for creating tension and not paying it off so Dave says these recap. Oh, thank you, Dave. You're fucking amazing. Eric says Negan thinks he's Jigsaw when he doesn't kill anybody, but their actions get people killed. Very fucking true. I, 
I think the the episode, honestly, there's like a, a two minute moment in the episode that kind of sums up this entire season, maybe even the last couple of seasons, is Carl's standing up there, makes a bold stand. Egan's like, whoa, you're making a bold stand. Like, you know, but someone put their big boy pants on. <laughs> you got your shitting pants on. Uh, so I will say that that shitting pants line has grown on me, but uh, <laughs> it is a pretty funny line. Just it's funny. It's funny when you say it in real life to people like, hope you got your shit in pants. <laughs> it's funny. But anyways, it's the scene where Carl has this good speech, like, is this really what you wanted? Is this how you wanted to be? Negan's stepping closer. He's not saying anything. It's just an intense look on his face, you know, acting. And uh <laughs> they uh are having this moment, and then I don't know, Carl teleports. That's what it looked like to me. He just <laughs> teleports and or slides down a slide and then negan goes god damn it you know i thought we were having a moment you little asshole we're playing shoots and ladders here and you just slid down the fucking la- shoot what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> we're playing a game of shoots and ladders david what you doing you motherfucker <laughs> stop 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 going down the chute we're just supposed to be climbing up the ladder he went down the chute. <laughs> he did. He went down the chute. Lots of love to Mandela Button who gave us. I will pitch in to see Drunk Phil. I think we need it after tonight. Sad face. Lots of love to you for all the fucking support. Sharing us on, on Twitter and sharing us everyone. If everyone, a couple of people sent me messages wishing we were bigger, wishing more people watch. If you want to help the channel grow, please share the channel with as people like Mandela does that tell other people about it get more people to find us we really do appreciate it, especially now with uh the way youtube is we really do appreciate anyone who helps promote us and push us out there so let's spin the wheel for <laughs> david david i'm gonna get you Sorry, shoot, that shoots and ladder shit dude that just like it keeps playing in my head it's so funny uh, so that sums up the show though i'm just saying it's you have a, a moment and then it's immediately broken by no reason there is no reason and then a character goes wait did you just break the moment like negan like, have a good night 1998 i'm sorry no like, absolutely negan, like, breaks the fourth wall and kind of goes like hey what the fuck i thought we were having a moment here i'm like was that like a moment of self-awareness for the writers like all right we're gonna have a really nice scene and then uh fuck it up but negan's gonna say Hey, you fucked up that really nice moment. And maybe that's the point that they just want him to ruin every scene or something, or or not ruin every scene, break up every scene. I do have to say that uh, Mandel, you landed on everyone drinks. So if you're out there watching us right now and you have access to alcohol or coffee or even some fucking crazy sugar drink or your tea or coffee, wherever you're at right now, everybody toast for this super chat donation. Thank you so much for this donation. Thank you much so much to everyone that's joined us for this half of the Walking Dead season. Even when the Walking Dead isn't at its greatest, it means so much to be able to come out here every Sunday night and babble to you guys about the episode and about all the other shows that we do. So please, huge thanks to you guys as we're nearing the end of the year. Toast to everybody. Lots of love to everybody out there. Time to drink. Mm-mm-mm. I don't have a drink, but I have this roll of tape. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Uh, Nick is uh, drinking some fucking uh, serious Aquafina out there. Nick Diaz is getting drunk off the fucking Aquafina vibes going on right now. So we come back in with Ezekiel, who's still whining and looking at the letter. and whi- But again, it's only been a half an hour, so he's not really hanging out there a long time. It's been, it's been about uh, 20 minutes. And Ezekiel is sad, but he hears a commotion outside, and he quickly hides from a strike force of saviors. Then we get Maggie and Jesus asking, 
asking if they'll what to go what's going to go on and if the saviors will surrender. Maggie says no, not right away because I wouldn't give up that quick. Then some dude in the back uh, that is the guy that dies. This guy. Eventually. Let's listen to this. Not now. Will we give up that quick? No, we wouldn't. Damn straight. There he is. That's the guy that dies. He made we he made you love him. That was the emotional moment that they built because he says the damn straight line, and you know everyone's gonna be talking about that damn straight line. Uh, we're gonna kill that guy for an emotional wait moment a few seconds later. Congratulations. Standing, standing ovation, everybody. Uh, that is Acting a performance of the year. Give that guy the independent spirit. Award. Uh, that is a wrap for the uh, damn right guy, everybody. That's a wrap for the damn right guy. Let's go. Uh, guys, we're, we're out of squib, so we're gonna have to do this one off camera, okay? That being said, I love, I'm oh, sorry. That being said, I love the line delivery on it, but like, I don't like that they killed him in one episode. Like, leave this character in. Make me get to know this character. You create damn right guy, and then you fucking kill him. Go fuck yourself. How, kill the dude who was planting blueberry bushes with Maggie, like, in season seven or whatever, when she was still wearing, like, Glenn's hat and Abraham's gloves. I just saw that episode on TV earlier. I'm like... Kill that dude because we've at least seen him a few times. He has a little like top knot, <laughs> and he, he's like a handsome Puerto Rican dude or whatever. It's like kill that guy, kill the good-looking dude because then people will be upset at least because he's handsome. They'll be like, oh, that sucks. There's not that many handsome people left. Like Hillbilly Hilltop thirty-eight wins performance of the night for Demo. Dave DeRosa says, and now that that Carl is dead, Rick is basically immune to everything. Who else could really lead the show that would actually care about besides Rick? Maybe Daryl, but not even Daryl. It, it, Rick, Rick is going to stay alive. Andrew Lincoln is going to stay alive till The Walking Dead goes off the air. When he decides to leave the show, that's when The Walking Dead goes off the air. So it's all about how long Andrew Lincoln wants to do this. I don't see this show surviving past him. I mean, I see the Walking Dead universe surviving past him, but Walking Dead show proper. I don't see surviving past the point where Andrew Lincoln. I think that is. I, it. I really would stop watching, like genuinely. Like I watch because of him. Like I like the other characters and stuff. Maybe I would watch a couple episodes to see the other characters and how they grieve and how they wrap the show up without him. Uh, like have an episode where it's like, here's the honoring of Rick Ryan, you know, like, but I, I really wouldn't continue watching, honestly, if he, and I know that sucks because that kind of means like, well, then you're always going to know what's going to happen next because he's always going to be okay. It's like shit can still go wrong. <laughs> I don't have that scene right now, Walking Matt, but can you play the scene where Rick tells Carl, Mom's going to die, I'm going to die, we're all going to die? Yeah, that was a great scene. That was back in the, the that, was, that was actually season really... Two. See, was that season two? That, that was some good the stuff. one that everybody hated. Uh, Johnny Rico says, it's not really confirmed Carl is dead, just, wa just watch them find a way to keep him alive. That's what I'm saying, Johnny. Leanna Finn, $20 Super Chat donation, two fucking spins of the wheel. Lots of love to Leanna. Thank you again so much for all those Super Chat donations, you guys. Guys, keep us going. Keep me being able to rationalize to the powers that be to keep doing this show. Thank you. Every You landed on everyone drink. So one more time, everyone toast your drink to Leanna for a big fucking sip. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Lots of love go. getting drunk off that Aquafina. But no, getting drunk off the tank seven for me. And one more spin of the wheel for Leanna for that $20 Super Chat donation. Thank you so much. Fucking amazing. And that landed on Phil Drink. So give me a second and I will drink again. So then we give Maggie giving some sort of uh, 
speech about choice and she says slow down and and there's a tree in the w- in the way on the road that wasn't there before she has some spider sense and we see uh we see Maggie causing a walkie-talkie to turn around to the car behind, but it's too late as a savior truck comes up of them and drives past them and blocks the road in front of them and then blocks them in the back and starts getting out of the car and approaching the truck. Simon comes out and says, and says, hickory dickory dock, time for Maggie to eat my cock. He comes out and he's happy and shit's bad. So then we get Carl is the next scene is Carl leading the way and telling everywhere in the go. We get Carl as a leader. All the people are freaking out. I must admit that as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Chandler Riggs, I thought he did a decent enough job in this scene, kind of carrying like Carl go. If you look back and you think about the whole episode and think about the end of it, where he ends up being bit and he was bit this whole time and kind of pushing himself do you know why, though? Do you know why that is? Is because what we were talking about earlier, what I mentioned before, is it had intensity. The character was intense. He goes, this is my plan, and we're doing it. You're doing it. You know what I mean? That's what you need. You need people to go, like, that's what Rick does, and that's the whole point, is that it's the Rick Tatorship kind of speech. It's like, you know, hey, there's a door. Why don't you go and see how far you get? You know, like that kind of shit. That's what it was. It was him just kind of going like, you're going to do it. This is my show. Listen to fucking me. You know, like <laughs> we got a text message from area code 816. They show another character on one of those close ups. I'm going to fucking flip out. Yeah. the clo- We'll get to that at the end of the episode again. But what we- about the coffin? What if they did like a close up of the dead guy <laughs> or just the coffin? Like not even <laughs> <laughs> just the coffin. Like a long, but only one of the eyeballs is in focus. Uh, got, gotta love that filmmaking technique. Yes, and unfortunately, yes, I, I Joe would be going crazy right now. Excuse me. And uh, and so, unfortunately, we're not gonna have Joe, but Joe will be back in the back half of the episodes of The Walking Dead. We need to give Joe's heart a break tonight. Joe's Joe's heart grew 10 steps. And also, I did want to mention as well, we got a text, couple of text messages that we'll get to at the end, but if anyone wants to leave a voicemail, the phone lines are open at 781-990-8509. David and I will get to those at the end of The Walking Dead recap if you guys want to do that. Holy fucking shit, Penny Lane with a $50 Canadian uh, Super Chat donation. Holy shit. So, but if hopefully if uh, Joe, it, I don't think Joe wa- got a chance to watch tonight because if he did, he probably would have called in much, much earlier. So, unfortunately, we don't have Joe. But Penny Lane, you get a bunch of fucking spins. Fuck it, a yeah. Joe would have exploded after tonight. We're almost benefit to not have Joe tonight. He would have, he would have lost it. A bite of a sandwich, Penny Lane. I can take you up on that. Let's do a few more spins for Penny Lane for that super chat donation. So we see Carl leading the way, telling everyone where to go, and all the people are freaking out. Negan is here. We hear the whistle as Carl's leading it, and Michonne says, we need to go, and Carl has a plan, and he says, do it, do it, do it. So we go out to the Saviors, and we hear music playing, and Gavin is giving a speech. Oh, this is at the Kingdom. Gavin gives a fucking speech, and this is where we get into Speechgate here, where we get into like 15 different speeches with characters that it just gets excessive here. Let's listen to one of Gavin's speeches. You folks wanted to order off the menu, and look at that! Now you have to eat shit. God knows I didn't want to be the one serving it up. And to me, David, Gavin, who almost got most of the attention, or besides Negan, 
like got more scenes than Negan and Simon. He's the least interesting of the three uh, sub bosses of of Negan. I, I just don't find this guy interesting at all. Uh, that God damn it! Like, <laughs> uh. sorry, I'm taking my bite of a sandwich. I was trying to set you up. No, go for your bite. No, no, but there's not much. That's the thing. It's it. It almost stresses me out before doing these recaps because I have a lack of things to talk about because it's just repeating the same things because it's hard to it's hard to talk about what's going on on the show not instead of how the show's being put together. I'd love to be able to focus right now on what this all means, what Rick's group goes, what do we do next from this point on, and we'll talk a about that a little bit at the end. But it's tough when it's just... Very few scenes in this episode worked for me. I here's the thing: it's like, listen, if you haven't done a good job of establishing characters and what they think and how conflicted they are, then nobody cares about their speeches. Okay, if we had never seen King Ezekiel before, that's why King Ezekiel at the very start when he first showed up, everybody's like, "Oh, fuck this guy," because he was so over the top. But then you, when you see him break character and talk to Carol like a human being. And he goes like, you know, my name's really Ezekiel though, but I just put on this act because people saw me with a tiger and blah, blah, blah. He becomes more interesting and you can see that there's other sides to him at work. But Gavin, it's like, okay, he didn't like that a young kid died last season. He's a good guy. As someone said in the live chat, Gavin's the good one. He's the no, good. But, but where do you get that from? Because no. he just, he goes, I didn't want to have to serve you guys shit, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, like it's, Oh, fuck me. You know, I don't even know what to say. I didn't care. I just didn't care. I didn't care either. It was a speech. And by the way, why was he talking into a megaphone at one second? And then a little thing, the next second, did he break his megaphone? And he, I didn't even think about that. That's fucking funny. That that that's good. That, I I noticed that immediately. I just go like he just goes. Lord knows I didn't want to be the one sit, serving it up, and he kind of turns away to read his line, and then comes back and he goes, "Yeah, like I was saying." I'm like, "Hey, get get back here, you dick!" Like, who's the continuity person in this? Uh, Cadigan says, "Script supervisor." Actually, felt bad for Jared Killing Bill last season. To- Tobin made it. King Ezekiel can die since he's not talking funny. He's just doing stupid, stupid smiling shit. So, uh, to go to the live chat at this moment during the episode, as if you guys are ever watching the episodes live, you can always get into our video early, as the event will always be created. And there's usually a few folks watching the episode live and commenting, commenting on it. So, jump on in. We had Chalk Boy, Timo, Ren Renwood, the lovely Ren Renwood, T- Timo, Corey Mitchell, the lovely Corey Mitchell. <laughs> it's Corey says if it's a bad thing that I'm rooting for everyone to kill everyone in the show at this point Ren says the same thing over and over again Timo says 30 minutes in and the plot has not gone forward Corey Mitchell says and Negan is over here hosting a quiz show I'm going to kill the person with the worst apology now it's time for a lightning round and yeah. uh, Timo says the entire episode will be all the same bullshit except for whatever happens at the end which is the almighty big moment they promised Corey says when the savior is ugh everything you have is ours ugh <laughs> and we're just going to whistle and ramble for 45 minutes because we absolutely suck so our next scene is we go back in on Maggie and Simon, who, uh, I like Simon. And that's all I'll say. I like Simon. Everyone needs to hand over their guns. 
know where you're going. Gary, shoot that beautiful bastard if anyone tries anything. Same goes for everyone in the cars. And I, I don't know if I like Simon just because of Grand Theft Auto or whatever, but Simon, I, I like the actor. I think he puts a lot in Stephen Ogg, I believe is his name. He puts a lot into it, and I'm always happy for voice actors that can kind of uh, bridge that gap into real acting. And I'm I, in a weird way, even though I have no real allegiance or anything to him, I'm happy for him to have some successes. So good, good for Stephen Ogg and, and eating up every piece of scenery that he has in front of him and doing a great job doing it. So I have nothing bad to say about Simon. So I think he, the only thing I would have changed is I would have kept everything the same. Uh, and I would have uh, killed that girl who fired arrows for the uh, the saviors, the ta- tattoo girl. No, yeah, I would have killed her too. But I mean, the have a good night, chocolate. The other uh, blonde with the hair, who the other person in the car. Yeah, yeah. Next to the guy who got killed, kill her because she's at least had more screen time and played a part in this war. And if he just killed her willy nilly, because they even show a close up of her face, and I'm thinking, oh, she's gonna get like dragged out or something. They didn't do it. So then, oh no, sorry. So then we go over to Negan, who is getting his paycheck for some rants. See, I was willing to work with you, Diane. Oh, Everyone in the live chat says the character's name is Diane. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to D and Cadigat, and thank you to Chalk Boy for jumping on in here. And by the way, you landed on uh, to Penny Lane for our fifty dollars donation. Landed on shot. I don't have any shots right now, but I will take a big giant sip of the alcohol, and you have. One more spin to go for your Super Chat donation. And again, thank you to everyone that has donated tonight to get me shit-faced and to keep the show going. You guys are fucking amazing. So, like, so amazing. I cannot say it enough. I have a nickname for the guy. Everybody keeps saying Hillbilly Hilltop. It's Hillbilly... Uh, no, it's ZZ Hilltop. I like it. All you had to do was follow a few very simple rules. Now, well, now I see that you've got to go. Scorched earth, you dick. (laughs) That's a fuck. I'm sorry. That was fucking great. Motherfucker. Scorched earth, you dick. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I've I've hated a lot on Negan, but he was the again, Jeffrey D. Morgan was eating up scenery in the, I've said this the second time I've said this tonight, eating up scenery in the best possible way in this episode for me. I I, I he was he was the highlight of this episode for me. Oh, oh holy shit. Everybody hold your fire in the car. <laughs> That was pause it right there. That was fucking hilarious, by the way. That part threw me into a tizzy. He just goes, hold your fire, it's Carl. Like, yeah, hold your fire, Carl's. Wait a second, Carl's here, everybody. That is for everybody who hates Carl, that should be your fucking ringtone. Because, whoa, hold your fire, it's Carl. It's Carl. It's yes, Carl. Yeah, and maybe it's it's a little bit like I've I've talked about this with Joe a little bit. Television Stockholm syndrome that you get used to people that you didn't necessarily like because honestly, even though people may disagree with this that watch our channel, 
I want to like something. That's my goal. I'm looking for reasons to like it. And I get used to Jeffrey D. Morgan, and, and he's a highlight of this season for me. He's one, he's one of the high points. Atari Dad says, I love how AMC is implementing the one F-palm per rule for their series. Did the same thing with, with Hitler in Preacher. I was just hoping Negan would say, fuck you, says Kattegat. Iron Throat says, uh, I like Carl, I like my friends. So we go over to Negan, who's getting his paycheck. We go to Carl, says, hold his fire. And Carl's got his big boy pants on. So let's listen to a little bit more of this. Look at you, answering the door like a big boy. I am so proud. Daddy's not home, huh? Well, I guess he's going to get back to a big old smoky this whole situation, though, was was uh, families in here. Some of the better part of the episode. So Carl talks back to him, and he goes, "Let's uh, let's just listen to a little bit of this while I take a drink." Kids, my little sister. That shit just breaks my heart. There's kids at the sanctuary. You must have seen them. Even had a little baby in one of the outposts. I wonder what happened to her. None of this shit's fair, kid. We ate her. It's that long fucking pause. <laughs> so uh, I can't. I can't even do it. So Carl says, uh, "Let me stop this war." I, I didn't cut this up enough. Let me. Let me go to eighteen. There has to be punishment. Then kill me. I'm serious. <laughs> you want to die? No, I don't. But I will. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Okay, so Car- so so again, I guess, I guess this makes this a little bit better when you know the end of the episode. This episode definitely, it's not a crazy amazing mid-season finale, but some aspects of the Carl storyline in this episode become better when you see the finale of the episode. I just don't think they, especially with what ultimately ends up happening, excuse me. If it had been big death, like Carl actually dies or Daryl dies, I could almost rationalize the whole, it's going to be the big moment everyone's talking about. But this moment with it just being that Carl is bit, I don't see the point of hyping it up. I think it would have been more effective. And I know I'm repeating myself and going over the same thing I said last week and repeating again, but I think... The problem with The Walking Dead isn't in the substance that they have. It's sometimes how it's being presented. A lot in the editing, and I know people love the person that does the music of the show, and it's not a a slight against the music itself. The choice of music for the scenes, and in general, the way the show is marketed, has a negative effect on the product. And by coming out there and being like, there's a big thing that you're going to be talking about, it keeps your antennas up and it tried to get more people to tune in because the ratings have suffered. And then in this moment, 
what you decide to do is to reveal that Carl is bit. That's cool and great, and that would have been honestly a decent end to the mid-season finale if we didn't fucking know it was fucking coming. What you did was you deballed the situation. David talked about this a lot earlier, about how The Walking Dead has lost its balls. By you're preparing people. It's peop, it's like giving people a, a participation trophy. It's protecting them. A video game that gives you endless lives and you can't die in it. And, and you're just like playing a Lego game and you, there's no stakes. It's The Walking Dead doesn't want has to warn you that something bad's gonna happen because they don't want to make you feel fucking bad. What the flying fuck kind of show are we watching here, David? It should make you feel bad. That's the point of The Walking Dead, to fucking make you feel like everything's all right and then punch you in the fucking nuts, not prepare you for the punch in the nuts. I... Sorry for the rant, but it's just no, fucking bothering it's, me. It's appropriate because of the fact that I... One, I agree. I think that this uh, was the gore was really, really toned down. I, I honestly, I think if the bite had all also just even looked worse, it would have made it more impactful too. To where I was like, oh wow, he's been walking around with that. You know, like it didn't look like jelly on his stomach. Uh, but uh, fuck, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Shit. No, that, I lost my train of thought. But um, we were talking about Carl. What were you literally just saying? Holy crap! I like, completely had like a mental reset. Like I just, I just etch a sketched my brain. Phil uh, Tari, just to jump into the chat for a second, what uh, yeah. to, to catch that? Phil lives in video games. Uh, were always pointless. They were only meant to get people to sink coins in their arcade games. That's why there aren't modern games. Uh, D says the best nut punches come without warning. Exactly. Ren, lots of love to Ren. They need to go to Game of Thrones with with deaths. Atari does says yes, good point. Uh, but I was entertained. So Carl I, says, uh, let's stop this war. And if you think of your point at any point in time, just let me know, I, David. I, I got it now. Do it. Uh, what I was gonna say is uh, along what you were saying with the marketing, the fan base and this like the spoiling dead or whatever they are, uh, like. People really do need to stop with spoilers uh, because I heard about stuff like this for weeks. Me too. So Me too. I, I read that in the same group and the, the same group that I kind of knew this was coming. Comment. Yep. I mean, people saying next week, same thing happened with Shiva. I didn't even feel it because I did. I knew it was coming. And, uh, you know, just like they're saying, like, wait till the end of the wait till the last 30 seconds of the episode and you're going to, you know, feel really sad. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And you are encouraging people to be the first to say something that you shouldn't do. And, and they put the clips up immediately after the clip airs, like literally as it's airing, they're cutting it and then putting it on the AMC thing to where people, it, you know, on the West Coast are getting spoiled about things that the people on the East Coast already fucking saw. And it's not fair to people. And you're allowing your fans to go too far into fan theory-dom. Like, where they're just, every single time, like, every single character has a theory of the old man Carl thing. Here's some artwork of it. Here's this and this and this. It's like, and you're trying to almost be the antithesis of fan theory. So instead of doing him getting shot instead of him it being surprised you just went the dumbest cheapest easiest route and the one that has the least amount of heart 
and at least to me, it felt like it had the least amount of heart. Uh, no, I, I, agree, I agree with you 100%. Great, great point. Great rant. So, uh, Timo says this is so fucking so proper at this point in time. Carl is channeling the fans right now. Yeah, I kind of want wanting someone to die. I'm tired of the speeches. So, we go over to Dwight and Savior number four over a fake barricade to come by. And this sets up that Dwight is uh, fucking over the Saviors here and officially joining our group. So, then we go over to Negan, who is like... You guys are just a bunch of fucking assholes and bombs away and starts lighting lighting up Alexandria with grenade launchers. So Corey Mitchell at this point said, Carl, come back. I love you. Don't board the fight. Iron Throne said, watch it the same way I watch in humans. I, I just watch this for the LOLs. I enjoy it much more. And we talk about uh, Simon being so likable, a couple of people said there. So we come back in, and Carl is jumping down a ladder and heading down the chutes and ladders as the music gets intense, and we see some more grenades. Carl is limping because he, like, because a couple of times we set up this moment here that if anyone's ever watched me play Zelda, we have a moment where Carl blows himself up. He's the clumsy hero, and he's walking around, and he literally blows himself the fuck up. So we go to Gavin, who wants Ezekiel, and he got to find the goon with the dreads. And uh, we we see some more shit and some more fucking crap happens. So then Simon says, "I want to go to the kingdom." Alexandria's fucked too. We go more to Simon and Maggie, and uh, then we find out that Eugene. Uh, Simon talks a little bit about Eugene. I, like, I don't even want to talk about this shit, and. Then we get uh, Simon killing the random dude that talks shit in the background. We already kind of talked about a lot of this. So then we get uh, Maggie, who is, um, I guess, negotiating with Simon. And she says she wants to take the coffin so she can bury the random guy, number three, that died. And uh, it's, I don't know, I, I just don't care. So... Uh, so then we get our commercial break where we get the machete thing and we see Claimer Joe. And it is literally the worst fucking one of these machete things yet. It is so fucking stupid. It's like the makeup effects, by the way. It looks like she's wearing a bulletproof vest made of ribs. Like dude, the, it was... the person, it's literally sticking out like this, dude. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the camera's not on you. Wait, say that. Machete, the machete is like here, but the back part is like three inches lower, so it's not like the same same blade. You know what I mean? It's like the different make. And she's just like walking around. Oh god, it was so But the highlight of the part was we get Claimer Joe coming back into it, which was really kind of neat. So that guy is a hell of a head of hair, I'll say that. Oh, I love that guy. So we come back in, and it's Groundhog's Day. As we come back in and we see the clock turn to 12 a.m. or p.m., I don't know what it was. And it's fucking Groundhog's Day for Eugene. As Eugene, I mean Negan, I mean Negan, I mean Eugene. It's the morning, and he's drinking, like, first thing in the morning or right before bed. I don't know what he's drinking. But either way, it's fucked up. And, and as Corey Mitchell says... Hello, my name is Eugene, Eugene Gump. I like tinkering and voyeurism. <laughs> so. All, all acts of uh, Judaism and backstabbery. 
<laughs> and Joe punches her in the face and says, claim motherfucker. It was really good. So he drinks and goes back to at the bed and has a freak out or an anxiety attack. So then we go to Carl, who has fog and smoke with him with his mouth wide open. And he's leading the way, hurting a bit because he blew himself up, but he's still going. And he finds that hat. He's like Indiana Jones with that fucking hat. And he finds a house and the music comes up again. And the music just doesn't fit the scene, but... Whatever. The house ends up blowing up and uh, he stops and we see this burning cloud in the distance that feels like the burning ass, my burning ass. And uh, and someone asks if there's the Punisher symbol. This is the moment where we see Carl seeing some vision of fire flying we see a a phoenix or I don't know what the fuck we see. So then we go over to Tara who is talking about doing things right or wrong. I don't know what's going on there. And then we see the saviors and Dwight's leading the saviors into a trap, which eventually get ambushed and shot. And we see saviors dying, but Dwight is standing up and sets up all of his friends for death. He shoot his friend shoots him in an arm in the arm instead of shooting him and decides to talk shit to him. What the fuck was going on here? Once the savior, the tattooed girl finds out that Dwight is a double agent, why doesn't she kill him? Why does she shoot him in the fucking arm? What the hell was going on there, David? I know there's no answer, but well, I've Lucille been talking got, a while. Lucille got in the way, so it's true. Uh, yeah, Lucille caught the bullet. It's um, it. The, I don't know if you noticed, Phil. It's actually genius that she shot him in the arm because the bullet went into his gun's barrel and came out into his arm. It's and that, a- that's. That happens sometimes. It's a magic bullet. It it did a U-turn. It went boop, 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 right back and in. And you know what? I can't wait for the new Rockstars callback video about this episode because... It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's it's going to be... Eric Voss is going to give the worst review <laughs> of, of this episode. You can count on it. He's like, I think that the symbolism behind this character dying means that they're dying. he is the the worst reviewer ever he makes chris hardwick look like fucking amazing dude like he is so stupid he is the most effeminate like bullshit like pseudo intellectual i've ever fucking seen go and dislike any new rock stars videos (laughs) please David, David, making takes all over the place. Oh my goodness! So oh, if I ever see that guy, I'm just gonna be like, "You suck! Like you are fucking terrible!" Like, it's uh, I just took it down a notch. Uh, my chair. People who saw that. Um, but anyways, the opinions of the Walking David are only those of the Walking Dead. <laughs> No, to play the sad music. <laughs> no, I know I should have played. I should have played the sad music right there. I should be good. I can't wait to see him review one of your movies. <laughs> oh, dude, I should be done. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that was the wrong music. So uh, I will. Oh, really fast. The part where Carl blowed himself up. That's where I thought to make it look really cool. He should have, like, part of that bandage should have been burned off, and he should have had, like, a little bit of blood, like, burn on his face, because why not? Why the fuck not? Why not? Uh, dude, dude, did, did he just, like, walk off that blow-up? Was he Wolverine or some shit? Yeah, he, he's completely fine, and also, I thought, instead of a bite, it was gonna be shrapnel. Or something. 
Because that would have been interesting because he was walking around like, like, and I was thinking it's going to pan down and you're going to see like, you know, like your side mirror from a car, like in his stomach, like, uh, you know, and, uh, but nope, perfectly fine. His shirt is perfectly fine. So let's go to our next scene, which is the truck pulling up in some more Mr. Negan fun. Let me skip through a bunch of bullshit and let's listen to a little bit more Negan because he's always talking. That convoy, they got away, huh? All of them? Kids still got to be here. I think you wanted to go down with the ship. Search the place. Find them, tie them up. Don't kill them. Blow up every other house. I'm going to go to Rick's, make a little spaghetti. When he shows up, send him my way. So they have a ton of fucking explosives, and they just start laying waste to all the houses in Alexandria. An endless supply of explosives. The ammo situation, I must admit, I must admit I am a little bit confused by where everyone gets all these explosives, how conveniently at some points in time the the ammo situation is a more of a problem than it isn't at other times. But I guess I'm just going to shut off my brain to it and just go, I don't give a shit. Like, I wish almost from a video game standpoint, like a Scott Pilgrim sort of way. <laughs> the price is right fail i i just want them to say everyone has endless bullets like have the the, the great kazoo from the flintstones come out and talk to the camera and go everybody <laughs> everyone has endless bullets in this world up up down down left right left right ba select start means no, every- you got to do the dukes of hazard where it freeze frames and the cowboy just walks in from the left side and goes can you believe that these guys Got themselves into this predicament. Oh, it's Gazoo. Thank you, everybody. Gazoo. <laughs> they, feel, they got mods. <laughs> bomb, bomb, blah, bomb. Wait, wait, wait. I, I have that somewhere. Wait, wait. Where's the where's the drum fill sort of situation? See, now I have to look for something while I'm drunk. I'm never gonna find it. I'm never gonna find it. It's awful. I'll play this instead. So our next scene is Carl's out there and he blows himself off again. He and he ends up getting lined up with a bunch of Negan's guys kind of spot him and they get a they have like a good shot on him, but he throws down some smoke grenades and as we all know, smoke is the enemy of the bullet. So these guys don't fire. <laughs> these guys don't fire a shot at him. They they see this smoke and they're like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> smoke!" Just the way you phrase that, smoke is the enemy of the bullet. Smoke is absolutely the enemy of the bullet, David. Don't 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 uh, don't relent here, man. They it's fucking incredible. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find like a sound cue. You can always t- tell when I'm trying to find a sound cue because because I'm like, don't don't uh uh relent. I don't want to. No, I don't want to play porn music. What the fuck are you talking about? You gotta take that one off. You can play it. Whoa, what's going on here? Oh shit. Was was that the contra? No, it was a. I, I like to call that moment, uh, Phil, the Batman be Superman moment. 
where it's like Superman catches that thing and it goes and just like shoots kryptonite powder on his face. That's pretty much what Carl did. He pretty much just like, ah, here's a gas can. He even shakes it like this. He kind of goes. And what the fuck? And Carl is out there and he blows himself out to get away from two guys in the sewer. He jumps in the sewer to hang out with the ninja fucking turtles. So we get back in and Eugene Gump is there, as Corey Mitchell says. Eugene decides to finally help Gabriel. So let's listen to a little bit of we'll whatever Eugene says. your wishes, regardless of the foolhardiness. And we were on a personal note, it's my sincere opinion that venture from the confines of this infirmary would be a fatal mistake. The doctor is more than capable of returning on his own. You, on the other hand, will likely succumb to illness or bodily rending in route. But I know that that's the stratagem you're choosing, and it's a dirty game. Why don't you please tell me what the hell is going on? Gabriel believes he's on a mission from God to return you to Hilltop to tend to the birth of Maggie and Glenn's child. He can't go anywhere. That is a conversation the two of you need to have, Sato Solo. I'm just here to inform you that the guard at the north side gate... Is that what we'll see? What you choose to do or not do with that knowledge is none of my beeswax or card steps. You killed a guard? No. Stop doing it! Was compromised. Stop doing it! He's currently riding the porcelain bus with laxative and melted sugar cream. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have Eugene in a comedy section. Thank you, everyone, the Super Chat donators. You've officially made me drunk as we... Uh, <laughs> so we have Eugene's comedy hour on HBO <laughs> as as Gabriel escapes. As it's gonna help Gabriel and the doctor escape, and they're gonna all play shoots and ladders. So Eugene. <laughs> So Eugene wants to sleep tonight And that's why he's fucking doing it Because that's why he's fucking doing it He cares He fucking cares So we go to Ezekiel Who finds a bunch of fucking gas And he's going to start the biggest fire the North's ever seen So he starts a fucking explosion And Gavin's like What the fuck's going on over there And Ezekiel Drives him with a fucking school bus Like it's bachelor party And crashes through some fucking shit Goes everybody Everybody Get the fuck in So (laughs) Then Carol Matriculates out of fucking nowhere And she shows up And she's like where's Ezekiel And Ezekiel is like Uh listen Carol you go and save the people and inspire them like you inspire them like fucking <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. You fucking inspire those fucks, Carol. And Ezekiel locks the doors behind him to get his little beating that he thinks he deserves. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. You made me laugh so hard. Fuck it. I'm sweating. Oh, my God. So that's that whole section. Do you- <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about any of that? I'm sorry, David. <laughs> uh, I, I think that speech, just in general, the, the Gavin stuff, yeah, like, like we were saying before, I just don't really care. <laughs> like, I, it's very ineffectual as far as pulling out my heartstrings. And the I hate the stupid, like, 
I used to like you, Ezekiel. I used to like you better. Remember last week with the mangoes? You know, we had a good No, and that's, kind of, that's part of the problem. They never built up enough. They, they did it in passing that Ezekiel had a working relationship with the saviors, but they didn't do it the right way. So I never feel really felt like he had a relationship with these people. Part of that moment with Gavin was supposed to be a payoff of the fact that they've been working together for a while and formed a, I wouldn't say a friendship, but on some level, a working relationship. And that Gavin was like, what the fuck are you doing? You piece of shit. But it didn't. They didn't build it up enough, so it didn't fucking matter. Hey, Tim F. Wait, great to see you, motherfucker. Two Crocs says, "What the fuck, Phil? David is gone. It's one of those nights, everybody. And the night has many surprises. We're almost done here with The Walking Dead, but we'll see what else happens. Let's zip through the rest of this episode. And as I said, if anyone else wants to get their voice in this conversation, you don't have to. But we do have a voicemail line at seven eight one. 990-8509 if you want to leave your thoughts on this episode, why you think David and I are completely wrong, why you think we're right, just your thoughts in general on this episode in this half a season of The Walking Dead. <clears throat> so then we get Ezekiel who locks the doors and says, you know, I'll deal with this shit. So we go over to Maggie and Gregory, and Gregory wants to talk some shit, and I will... Shut up. <laughs> what happened Sh- out there? Shut up. What? That one. Get him out he gets out. So uh, let's just yada yada this. Maggie lets out the dick guy that she should have killed three episodes ago, and she decides to shoot him in the face. Love this scene. One of my favorite scenes in the episode. I love that. I love when Maggie actually is the character she is. And isn't yeah. some hollow representation of what Maggie used to be, which she's been for a season and a half. But in this half a season, occasionally, the real Maggie has shown up, and she showed up in this moment, David. I loved her in this moment. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, <laughs> one thing, I, just to make that more intense, is one, I would have shown it from, I would have shown her face in a quick shot of her shooting the dude like head on. I want to see the splatter. And then I also want to see the blood splatter all over Greg's face. Yeah. And as, as Patricia says, <clears throat> excuse me, as Patricia says in the live chat, uh, she, she didn't even kill the douchebag, meaning, uh, meaning Gregory, I think. <clears throat> so hopefully she'll eventually kill Gregory as well, because that would be amazing to see him finally get his complete comeuppance. So Maggie is mobilizing. She's actually Maggie again. She's like, Jesus, I don't want to hear your fucking bullshit. And we hear sad music because Maggie's losing her soul doing all of this. But fucking whatever. K. Rich said at this point, might have made more sense to show it when you have a semi-armored column of weapons. Corey said, oh, no, we lose a stupid savior number 6712 and funny-ass guy with a country accent. They're making Game of Thrones look tame. Timo says, now an hour and 15 minutes and all of our people are alive and I'm not even bloodthirsty tonight. They just make me think I should just be the just wait for the big moment. And what they're, they're talking about, that big moment's coming. They're fucking coming. So we come back in the bulletproof fog as we see the roadside assault as Dwight screams and he goes, it's over. Everybody, it's over. It's, it's over. Come over here. It's fine. And we, and we get this kind of... 
moment where we think Dwight might be killed by Tara or or Daryl, but it doesn't really happen. David, do you think Daryl or Tara should have killed Dwight in this moment, or do you think it's smart keeping Dwight around? Uh, it's weird think, to talk about an actual fact from the series and what's going on in the series, rather, excuse me, rather than if it's shit or not. But ultimately, do you think it's this is, this is a smart moment? Excuse me. I think uh, if I were personally doing that scene, I would have had it be like when Daryl had a knife right up against uh, Dwight's like eye, and I would have had it be way more like he was on the precipice of doing it. And he st- I, I still would have liked to see Daryl like really like hurt him, like kind of do an Abraham thing, like punch him so hard or hit him with the gun so hard he hits the back of his head against the truck and like falls down and he's still shot there. And then uh, Rosita comes and has to like drag his limp body or something. But I think Tara needs to not be on the show at all. <laughs> so uh, I don't, <laughs> I really do not see a point for her. So. Like, I'm sorry. It's literally, she only has the same emotion as somebody else who's more important. So if by that logic, she shouldn't be there at all. They should just have the more important person, give them more time, take Tara completely out, save the money, uh, give it to the more important people. And Eric White, you are wrong. You do not (laughs) love Tara. You like her face or her tits. (laughs) So... <laughs> Hashtag Harvey Weinstein. Um, oh fuck! <laughs> oh no! But uh, oh, just wait till this this show gets its its fill of sexual harassment lawsuits, and then it'll never be the fucking same. <laughs> like, oh god! So we go over to Darrow, who's asking uh, if what he did to Dwight, if what he did caused the escape, and he said no. Uh, Dwight says no. It is fucking Eugene. And we get a bunch of dirty looks like Eugene is fucking dead man walking. So we go over to Michonne, who goes up to Rosita and says something to Dwight. And he passes the message. They play a big, big giant game of telephone. So we go over to see the coffin. And we see the random dude, number 38, and, and says we... Oh, Maggie writes some shit. It says we have 38 more prisoners stand down. So we go over to Gavin the next scene, and he starts talking shit to Ezekiel. Let's listen to a little bit of that. Let's listen to a little bit of that, Scotty. Play the fucking thing, Phil. I didn't play it. I didn't want that. You know that. Now, a lot more people have to die. And Morgan randomly shows up and uh, King Ezekiel, for some reason, again, the biggest problem I have with this show, or one, I'm sorry, one of the biggest problems I have with this show is, and Joe talks about this a lot, the fact that when people hate each other, when you have a problem with a person and you live in a world like this, like the Walking Dead universe, we're talking about a fictional universe here, and you have your enemy in front of you, that you've been wanting to kill, that you've been wanting to stop, the fact that so many of these folks decide to talk to them instead of shooting them dead when you have an opportunity to bothers me extensively. I think 
if The Walking Dead wants to be as good as The Walking Dead could be, it's in these moments when you have a character faced off. They're like, I'm going to kill you. It's more moments like Maggie, less moments like uh, Gavin talking to Ezekiel, where why don't you just kill him right now? Or Carl with the bulletproof smoke. Like, or... Yeah, you need you need more like there's a great scene that sums up what you're talking about, which is where Merle is out looking for Michonne in like season four on the governor's orders, and he's out there with this uh, Jewish looking kid named Gargiulio, and Merle's like, you know, you need a nut up boy, otherwise I'm gonna have to you know knock your teeth in or something like that, and. He's like, well, I'm going to tell on you to the governor that you didn't go and kill this girl and that we didn't finish it because I'm not going to stop. And then Merle does this whole fake out where he goes, you're right. Can't cut corners around this one. And he goes, hey, you hear that bird? And the guy goes, what? And then he just goes, bang, and just shoots the dude right in the face. I'm like, that should happen all the time. Like any time a character has a slight suspicion that somebody's going to fuck something up for them, they should just boom. Like the wild, like the wild west. This is essentially. Yeah, because it's like you already are lucky enough to have lived this long and you can't start taking chances right now. I don't think it's secure enough to be like, oh, yeah, well, now we can start, you know, being uh, more diplomatic about this. You know, yeah, he killed like a whole group of people that I know and care about. But uh, I don't know. Something about me tells him he might be good in a few episodes. I don't know. (laughs) You know, just... Or uh, sorry, by their logic, uh, two days from now, I think I might feel completely different. Great to see Jay in the live motherfucking chat. Kattegat, Timo, Cannibal, all our good friends. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It means so fucking much. And all of our soup chat donators tonight, you guys are amazing. Thank you for getting me fucking drunk. Then we see Daryl in the sewers. And they're dropping grenades everywhere and Dwight's with them. So they decide they kind of cut off whether they decide to keep Dwight alive. Tara doesn't kill him or Daryl doesn't kill him, which I kind of hoped that they would do in that moment. I hope they kind of showed the same resolve that Maggie showed in that moment. But they decide to keep Dwight alive and settle things up after the fact. So we see Alexandria and Daryl says sorry to Michonne and Michonne ends up not going into the sewers and she decides to go in full on Leonardo mode with her katana. And she closes in, she just goes and starts killing some walkers and going crazy. We'll touch him Michonne a little bit later, but ultimately I think she was going to look for Rick. So then we go off to Rick in the woods. We finally get back to Mr. Rick or Grimes, which is a shame. I think we got too little of Rick as yep. much as I don't necessarily love this series. I've talked a lot about the series is as can always, regardless of the storyline, regardless of the bullshit that's going on, you can always count on Andrew Lincoln's amazing performances, Rick Grimes. And I feel like in these last couple of episodes of season eight, they undermined what they have by having him go to the trash people, which ultimately ended up being a red herring or just a pile of useless bullshit that amounted to nothing. So a pile of trash, a pile of fucking douche trash. Exactly. David. So I think it's a fucking giant fail that you were taking your most interesting character and your most interesting force. Every episode should have, 
I'm suddenly thinking of the show Weeds. Not that it's an excellent show in all means, but what they always managed to do was always give you 70% or 60% of the show was the main character. That's the most interesting character. Uh, same with Sons of Anarchy with fucking Jax. Uh, for good or for bad, they focus so much on those main characters. I think The Walking Dead, if they want to get back to the greatness of it all, needs to focus more attention on Rick Grimes and how everything focuses focuses on him and how all these other characters are interacting with him. Part of the yeah. problem is there isn't any direction, or I want I just stop to say the word focus again, but direction and pinpoint accuracy on one character that you can actually feel for. I think you've got to know your strengths here and know what the, what you do great. And anything based around Rick and his fucking up and down is interesting. So why do you have to have only two episodes a season deal with Rick? Why not have two episodes a season deal with not Rick and have most of the season actually deal with him? Because Andrew Lincoln's the most interesting fucking thing on the show. And I think in this mid-season finale, you failed at dealing with what your most interesting character is, and Rick was kind of an afterthought, and that fucking sucks, David. Yep. I 110% agree. I think the crux of this show... The reason we got into it, the reason we kept watching it was to see the evolution and the mindset change of Rick Grimes. And it can change to be bad it can, and then change back to being what we like. It could go from him being like, I'm going to bring people back to Alexandra to I'm going to go rogue and kill everybody. It, it's good to see the turmoil and the conflict. And the reason there is conflict is because we know things about him. We know about all the shit that he's been through. So every action that he takes, we are seeing it through his lens. We're going, oh, so for him to want to save somebody, he has to get past all the times where he allowed someone to come into his life and then they fucked something good up for him or they fucked up something for his family or, his, you know, for Carl or, you know, like when he gets with Michonne or he gets with that Jesse girl, the reason that that has a lot of impact is because of the fact that we see how much he was fighting to try to save his marriage with Lori and how big of a step this is in his growth is going, I'm ready to try again. Like, and it had nothing to do with walkers or him doing anything crazy or going rogue, but it just showed the, the turmoil. And, uh, you know, same thing with Michonne, like when he saw he, he saw those the girl fall off the ceiling when Negan was at the very end of season seven, uh, where he almost uh, got hit with a bat or whatever, or Carl almost got hit with a bat and saved by Shiva. Um, that look on his face when he thinks he might have lost Michonne, that hits us in the feels more because it's like we understand all that they've been through and how they got to where they are. So that, that's why he's the most compelling is because we know the most about him. Exactly. And everything should be based around a focus around who he is and seeing things from his perspective. And I think where the show sort of started to fall out, a lot of people can easily point at the Glenn thing. But I think once they got to Alexandria, they sort of started to shift the focus instead of everything coming from Rick's perspective to a more... Um, ensemble cast kind of thing. 
And as much as they have a lot of good players, I think the show to get back to being The Walking Dead and awesome, I think needs to focus from a television standpoint, even though maybe the comic or the graphic novel, whatever you want to call call it, it can focus more on secondary characters and one-offs and storylines, that a television series needs to focus on a main character. What makes things like The Sopranos, Breaking Bad, all those shows, The Wire is an anomaly to that, Oz an anomaly to that, where you had you know multiple main characters in a bigger universe. But what makes a show really great is, is a main character that is compelling. Rick Grimes is compelling. The show has gotten away from having him as the direct focus. He's still a main part of the season, don't get me wrong, but everything should be from Rick's perspective. I think you need to simplify or simplify things a little bit for The Walking Dead to get amazing again. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think a not necessarily more narrow, but just more focused on the people that we know the most about Rick, Daryl, Michonne. Yeah. Uh, and I feel that this season leading up to what, you know, happens at the end of the episode uh, tonight is what it lacked was focus honestly on Carl, because it's like, as much as I disagree with the acting choices and the look of the character and everything that's wrong with it, it could have been better had there had been more established this, focus of of the his mindset where he is and all this this all season that. in general like like it's just unfortunate that this season was so devoid of meaning for Carl and it ultimately all culminated in this episode it that is the ultimate shame of it because Carl Carl was so lacking in this season and just to kind of ham fist him into a focus point of this season where he, or this half season where he wasn't really a focus character. It made it a very obvious about the ultimate outcome outcome to be a negative thing for Carl. And also just devoid made it devalued everything else you did in this season if you were trying to create a deeper meaning behind it because then you decided to focus this episode on a character that wasn't really important in this half a season. I don't know. It was it, it was it was just a big mistake. I think if you were going to do this at the end, you need to put Carl in more episodes. Yeah, I agree. And I also feel like if you wanted this mercy prevails over my wrath to be a thing, you needed to establish it to where either seasons ago, maybe he stumbled across a book and he read that. And then all of a sudden this guy seasons later says it. And he, it reminds him of when he read that maybe his mom had said it to him uh, in passing or phrased it differently, but it was <sighs> that general premise or you have episodes where they are having these very nice intimate discussions about life, just waxing philosophical because Carl's never had that. Carl hasn't grown up having uh, philosophy classes and teachers and going to college and experiencing that shit. So it's like if when he meets somebody new with a completely different worldview, other than his dad and this small group of people, he gets a chance to learn and grow. So then we get, 
we get Carl. Uh, oh no, then we get probably one of the better scenes, or probably my second favorite, or if not my favorite scene of the episode, where we get the Rick and Negan fight, where they just beat the shit out of each other. And you think Rick's gonna get the best of him, but Negan puts up a good fight. We he hits. Negan with a bell eventually, as it looks like Negan's getting the best of the fight. He gets him on the ground, and he picks up Lucille, but somehow Negan kicks him or punches him or something like that. And then Rick goes after the gun, and and instead of shooting Negan or dealing with finishing off the situation, he jumps out of the house. Maybe I missed something in that scene, taking notes, but I think it it was a really good scene with them fighting. It was a good fight scene, very well choreographed, very fun. I like how Rick, David mentioned this earlier in the evening about, I like how Rick called him out and said, do you ever shut up? There's a lot of humorous stuff going on in, in this scene. Don't make me do this now, Rick. I got plans for you. Cut you up in little bitty pieces, feed you to dead, and make you watch. So our next scene after that is we see Michonne kill a walker and or kill somebody, and we see her looking for Rick as she runs off into the fog. A savior finds her and talks some shit to her, and she goes full on full on hacker slasher mode, and she slashes the fuck out of him over and over again as Rick comes back in here and sees her. To finish off this episode, Rick eventually heads into the sewer system to see Master Splinter and find out the origin of the Ninja Turtles, but he also sees Maggie's face, and then we get into another fucking montage little fucking moment of a... Of of a face thing. And as you can tell, I'm trying to get a uh, music thing. Face. Sorry to people that are listening to the audio podcast on this point. Uh, we made faces. We made faces. That's what was going on there. We we had a face moment. So we have David and I had our face off, and we're not talking about the Nicolas Cage and John Travolta movie. So we see Rick walking as he sees all the faces. We see Rosita. We see Sad Tara. We see Rick. Uh, show some shame to Tara for going against him. We see Carol's face. We see Ezekiel's face. We see Morgan's face. We see Rick walking slowly as he sees Carl. And he sees Carl's friend, uh, whatever that dude's name is. Sadiq. Sadiq, thank you. Carl says, I brought him here. We hear Carl's voice. Carl's sitting there not looking too good. And that's how it happened. I saved him. And I... We never saw, and he shows him, uh, He the music pans out as we see Carl showing his wound as he got bit and everything. It zooms out very, very slowly, very, very slowly. Zoom, 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 zoom. And that's the end of the episode.
Yes, it is. So, <laughs> ultimately, I thought this midseason finale was slightly disappointing, especially for the hype that they built up. I think the most disappointing thing is there were some elements in this episode that were potentially decent, but it didn't amount to anything. It was just fucking bullshit. The same thing The Walking Dead has always been putting out this season. I think for the whole season, two episodes were really good. The episode I ended up uh, recapping with Tony, the Ezekiel, the episode that Shiva died, even though that emotional moment didn't hit for me, I think in general that was a decent episode. And I also think the premiere was pretty good and had me feeling good about the potential of this season. But ultimately this half a season amounted to just doing the same thing, too much repetition, and not enough Rick or character development or progression. I don't like this habit that The Walking Dead is falling into in some seasons making them just last a minute or 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 a couple of days. I think that worked once or twice. Breaking Bad did a season once where the beginning of the season was an event and how everything fits into that particular event. Doing things like that once or twice, they didn't do that every season. The Walking Dead seems to be falling into this trap of consistency of doing this time as stand st- started to stand still. And I don't like that. And I hope in this second half of the season they actually progress fucking time. And I'm not talking about progressing time with a montage. I mean, in the actual story, showing through the progression of story, time passing without just fucking making things so event-heavy at the end of the seasons. And this end-of-the-season event lacked balls, David. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I will say this. I thought the shot at the very end of the episode was a very nice shot. I, I was giving it crap before, but that, that was just because it's easy to do. But I did like the shot, but it was very lackluster. And like Phil said, because of all the hype that you build up and because of all the spoilers that you give out and how you just let people kind of the fan base take over the show and you to where if they go if this guy dies we riot if this girl dies we riot if this happens if anything happens we riot if women look inferior on the show we riot if rick is on the show too much we riot uh you know if they don't there's too many walkers on this show. People, there's too much gore on this show. Can't have gore on it. It's like, I want to show my kids The Walking Dead. You know, like, it's like... They can dress like zombies on Halloween. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's like, guys, this show used to have major balls, and they used to do the zombie thing right. And they did the best-looking zombies. They did the very unique things. I remember before I saw the episode Guts in season one, I had never thought of that when i first saw that i was literally on the edge of my seat going holy shit that's a brilliant idea and i never thought of it and i was like that's what the walking dead does right is it makes you think man that's a really clever ass idea in the apocalypse and in the given situation and they they haven't done that right for a few seasons yeah i i a hundred percent right david are you ready for a couple of voicemails yeah so we have two voicemails right now. If anyone else wants to get a voicemail or a text in some question or comment that we haven't got to that you want to get in, again, 781-990-8509. But we have two messages, one from Broke, one from area code 202. So let's listen to these two messages. First from Broke Black Man 94 Let's get to it. 
Hey, Phil, and also The Walking Dead. Uh, it was like, tune in for a second so I can get this actual number so I can actually leave the damn voice. Now, I should eventually start saving it. I'm going to keep calling in now and again. Do but it. For starters, fuck Rosita. Secondly, <laughs> this episode was kind of decent, though. I'm not going to lie. In my opinion, it was better than last week's episode to the point that I almost, like, dropped the damn show. But no, it lived up to the damn hype. Everyone is saying that, you know, rumors are going around that Carl was going to die. I was like, doubt Carl is going to die. Why? Because, you know, I've skimmed past future, like, issues and stuff, and I kind of know that, you know, Carl was going to be surviving. So I was like, yeah, I doubt that. If anything, they're going to kill off Morgan, or they might kill off Michonne because, you know, she's working on those Marvel movies now. But in reality, they actually got him freaking bent. I'm fairly shocked about that. I really, why did he did that? I wanted to, you know, at least Carl at least have sex with Edith and then <laughs> get bitten in the next episode, but that didn't happen. So he's basically going to die a version. Now it's like the horror movie Choper, you don't have to be like a virgin and like live is like out of the window in The Walking Dead, which means, uh-huh, Daryl, you could end up dying soon. Fingers crossed thing is crossed and i'll play the rest of your message in a second i kind of i know joe and i were talking about this last week i kind of expected daryl's to die in this episode and him not dying uh definitely deballed the episode too the big shock excuse me with carl just wasn't as effective as it could be i think it was a cop-out i think this was a uh, classic case of dumbing down the gore I think they had a better thing written, and because of the uh, outcry of there being too much gore, they dumbed it down, and like really dumbed it down. I'm like, we've seen a lot of bites on on this show before, like bite reveals and stuff. Remember when Deanna had it? Mm-hmm. They showed it on her back, and it looked like it was all the way into her fatty tissue. Like, I'm gonna man. make those sorghum pancakes. You fill your belly up with my love. Okay, let's play the rest of Brooks' message. That's seriously dope. Speaking of Edith, dumbass award goes to you for this episode. Because now we don't know what the hell is going to happen over at Oceanside with Aaron because, because of your stupidity. Even She could even die. But because of her stupidity, Enid. she shot the old woman. And now Enid, yeah, the I may not even like, follow with them. Granted, they are going to. But there might just be some repercussions. I don't know. It's just thinking about it, though. But just seeing this episode between, like, Rick and Negan, like, it would have been better if we freaking got the Negan origin story. I'm still, like, waiting for this. Now I got to wait till February or maybe even, like, wait till April so I can actually get this damn Negan origin story. Like, come on, people. Come on. You know? <laughs> it's like I'm not getting any younger as it is. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, good episode. Not going to lie. But I got confused at one point, like, was that Jerry who Simon actually had a gun to? Like, I was like, wait a minute. How could they run him off the road and yet still Jerry's there? And I'm like, why? And then, like, Rick and Carol were able to, like, get away scot-free? Are they speedsters now? It's like, something is not right. I don't know. That's all I got to say. Yeah, they had the speech. They took uh, speedster number eight, uh, the potion that Harrison Wells built. Uh, the Harrison Wells organ uh, uh mixed up uh yeah i i agree it it didn't make a lot of sense so we have two more voicemails let's play this from theory code 202 um i was wondering was carl getting bit in the stomach 
Obviously, they can't. Are like, you, you know. Will you leave a voicemail? Sure, him will. I don't know, cut off his waist to stop the infection, like, you know, like I did with um, Maggie's mom, I mean, Maggie's father, like when they cut off his leg. Does this major character of Carl Dine make you believe in the premise that no one in the show is safe anymore again? Good call, Jay. Although I am very hungry because I want to know what you're eating. Can you can you tell me what he said? Because I stopped listening. I like I can't listen to people smack on a fucking voicemail. He said, "A, do we think that with what happened to Carl, do we think they could do something like Herschel and cut off a part of his body to save him? And if not, if with Carl dying and this happening, do we think that this reaffirms and, and organizes again that thought that anyone could die at any point in time. The first part with, uh, with or because he got bit on his chest or in his stomach area, I don't think uh, they could really stop the infection at this point the way he was bit. The other part of it, maybe, but they did it so predictably in this episode, it's hard to to feel like anything could happen at any point in time. And I think that's part of the problem. We've talked about this a little bit before, and I talked about this extensively about letting us know that there was a fucked up thing kind of happening at some point Ooh. in this episode. You need- Dude, I just thought of something. Somebody earlier was mentioning like, oh, maybe he's immune or whatever. I was like, check this out. What if he was immune due to the fact that Rick gave him a blood transfusion in season two. Interesting. So he sort of has the zombie. He was given the cure because he was his given dad the cure. gave his blood and Rick's blood. It wouldn't surprise me the way this show is right now if they go to anything like that to keep Carl alive. It honestly wouldn't surprise me. So let's listen to our last voicemail of the evening about The Walking Dead. This is from our good buddy Hannibal. Oh, shit. Oh, that was fucking Littlefinger. Hey, this is Daniel. <laughs> Just, hey, what's up, Phil? Uh, yeah, I got shit-faced during this... Uh, Me too. Uh, ...live stream, so and thank you for that. No, thank uh, you. What the fuck am I doing calling here? Anyways, yeah, don't play this. Later. <laughs> I Hey, I can't listen to it <laughs> and not play it. Sorry, Hannibal. I fucked that one up. <laughs> Lots of love... Lots yeah, of love to him. Don't play this. I love how that's at the very end. Yeah, don't play this. So listen, every, if you're listening to this, don't play this. David, thank you so much for joining me for this Walking Dead recap. Thank you to everyone in the live motherfucking chat for joining me, uh, joining both of us to talk about this season finale of The Walking Dead. We'll be back in February or whenever The Walking Dead comes back to talk about the back half of the season as well. I don't know if we're, if we're going to be talking about week to week, depending on what else is on. But we'll see about that, and we'll get Joe every other week, and maybe we'll get Joe's thoughts at some point in time on this season finale. But, David, I'm not done with you. Uh, So, uh, David, if people want to find more from you, where can they find you? Uh, Well, here uh, at The Walking David, my YouTube channel, uh, I... I need to start putting out some more content. I have some ideas for some impression videos I'm going to be doing uh, in the upcoming weeks, but 
Uh, I won't lie, I've been slacking a bit. I've been uploading golf videos on my channel lately. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but uh, so for golfer fans, go and critique my swing and tell me what the fuck I need to fix at the top. Um, but uh, also, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Mr. David Grayson, all lowercase, no period. And uh, I'm, I also have a Twitter at David Grayson. So pretty much, if you type in my name, you'll be able to find me. Excellent. And we got Joe Dirty Locks in the live chat who hasn't watched the episode yet, but he's popping on in to say hi, hi to everybody and giving you some right, love, don't David. It for Joe, people, seriously, don't leave anything in the comments yet. If he hasn't seen it yet, don't don't say it. It's yet. all in the hips. We got Cambridge, Penny Lane, SM Down, Jay, Timo. Lots of love to everyone in the live chat that joined us tonight. So if you haven't already and you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. We will talk to you guys next time. David will definitely be back very soon to talk about some more Walking Dead. But also, we'll be back more. So also, check the co- check the uh, description box of this video if you're watching this later. If you're listening to the podcast, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And let me know. Email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. I want to know if you're listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at I Got Issues Man and check out The Walking David on Facebook. Do that. And then, no, again, share the video, share the channel. But guess what? We will talk to you guys next time. Later.